What's up, everybody? Welcome to PSI Love You XOXO episode 69. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying, Colin? You know what I'm saying? Colin! Colin, it's episode 69! Congratulations, Thank gentlemen. you very much. Very Happy proud of you. There it is, episode it. 69. Everybody loves it here, kind of funny. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside that man who wears the tight socks, Colin Moriarty! I don't like this whole new thing. You gotta just go back to the... Nope, too bad. <laughs> you, you didn't stop it on day one. Now it's day four. They're not, they're not good enough. You know, like, and I don't know if you have the mind... To come up with a new one every week. That's, oh, I got uh, it. That's of a good I caliber. forgot about it till right there. That's where the tight socks thing came in. I mean, who's not wearing tight socks? That could describe almost anyone. Sure. But I mean, all of his names could be described. I mean, they could describe anybody. He only does everything. That's just a rip off of a PlayStation slogan. Yeah. Right along Island is Billy Joel. It's not even you. That can describe anybody from Long Island pretty <clears> much. Could be Jerry Seinfeld. Could be the Blue Oyster Cult. Now, I, I, right there we have... Natalie I mean, Portman. We're not going to argue... That Billy Joel's number one, right, right. Long Island. Number two, Long Island Medium. The Long Island Medium, giving Long Island a good name and Teresa a good reputation. Chavuto, whatever her name is. I don't is. know what her name is. I just know, <clears throat> just know her face. She lives in like Holtzville or Hicksville or one of those places. I don't know. Who cares? I'm, I'm, I gotta be in the top 10. It's actually pretty tough. When is you go, Natalie Portman really from there? She was, I think, born in Israel actually, but she was, she, yeah. Lindsay Lohan. No, well, there's, no, she's I mean, not in the top ten. Though. I mean, there's a. I mean, if you really there's look no at Long Island, we 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 export an an unusual amount of people per capita sure. that are notable. Yeah, lots of good bands, lots of good actors. Do you think lots it's because of people like me? It's like a wealthy, well-to-do place. Those people already have a step. They already have the silver spoon in their mouth. It's possible. I mean, like did, a young Colin. Did Twisted Sister have a spoons in their mouths? When I'm they sure fucking, they did. And then they had the spoon over the rocked. flame and then they had the needle in their arm. I don't think that ever happened. I don't think they ever fell apart like that. But No, I don't think they fell apart. They just did some recreational drugs here and there. Oh, that's fine. They permed their hair and they did drugs. I think everybody would... They did perm their hair. Yeah. Um, so, no, it's it's hard to say who who <clears throat> who in the... Uh, in the echelons of Long Island is is higher than whom, but yeah. I, you know, I would say it's, you know, got Billy Joel and Jerry Seinfeld and a few others and then probably me. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. I can respect that. Colin, how you been? I'm fine. Thank you. How What's are you? What's going on? I'm good. How was the your weekend? Football games are terrible this weekend. All four yeah. of them just fucking sucked. Yeah. First of all, not one wildcard team even made it past the, 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 you know, the wildcard round, so we could have just not even had those football games. Sure. Which would have been fine. It's the same exact outcome. Somehow, the Houston Texans who are just abysmal, just an abysmal football team, beat the Raiders playing their 23-year-old rookie quarterbacks never touched the fucking football in, in the NFL. I, the at last halftime, week. I went and took a nap, and then I woke up in the game. Oh, they out. were terrible. Yeah. Uh, so I saw that the line against, they're playing the Patriots in New England, and the line opened at something like 18 and a half points or something like that. And I'm like, well, that's just going to get even bigger, isn't it? So, <laughs> um you know, so that was boring. But while I was, while I was, so I, but I watched all four of the games nonetheless, hoping for something good. I mean, the, the the most dramatic game for a little while was the Giants-Packers game, but even that was a that fucking got out blowout of control at the end. end. Yeah, so that was just a boring weekend. I'm looking forward to next weekend's uh, you know games. Uh, but it played a uh, Shantae, half genie hero, almost done with it. I, I'm 100 percenting it, so I'm I'm at the last stage, and I'm I, I think I'm saying like a heart piece or something. When you're saying 100, percent it's got a platinum, right? Yeah, I don't mean that because to, okay. to get the uh, to maybe I will one day, but to get the platinum, you have to beat the game in two hours, and you have to beat the game in four hours with a hundred percent of the items. So, gotcha. Um, which is uh, the, the two hour one doesn't sound that hard at all, actually, but the the game's not hard, like in in the least. Do, are you still enjoying it? Because I talked about it last episode, I played the first level and a half or whatever, and I was like, holy shit, I like this. I'm gonna play it for it in Australia. 
Yeah, I love that actually. I, th- I think it's I think it's really good. I think I was completely wrong about its artist study too. Last week I talked about how the two two point five D thing and just in the brief time I was playing it just doesn't strike me. But I I think that they and I don't think that the level design is anything like spectacular. But um, <clears throat> the the character models and the animations are really really awesome. Shantae's character is really a cool character, and, and the bad Agreed. guys and everything are, are Fun. interesting. So that that balances it out. So I was a little bit wrong about that, but. Um, Glad I stuck with it. And it's a fun game. A lot to do in it. Um, like yeah. I, I played for like eight hours or something like that. And then I went back to Rise of the Tomb Raider again, the game that will just will not end ever, no matter how much you I want I heard you to. complaining in, in, uh, from down the hall the other day that you were like, it just keeps going. <laughs> but because like you think that you're getting like how many more areas could there possibly be? Now, I'm, I'm certainly dragging it out. I mean, we're, we're approaching at hour 40 in the game for sure. Yeah. Um, I'm just, what's your platinum feel on this one? Oh, I'm not going to platinum. I just want to 100% it. Okay. I just feel like I, li- I like doing that kind of stuff. The platinum trophies, you have to do all the time attack shit, so that's not happening. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I'm, I mean, I, the game says with all of the collectibles plus story progress, I'm 85% through the game. So I have to be like pretty pretty much there. I mean, I've, I've cleared most of the maps. There's like a few things I'm missing, um, like a few relics and shit like that. But uh, the game's great. It's just, it's just like I'm ready to move on. But it's also the nature in which I'm playing it. I could have beaten it in probably eight hours if I really wanted to. It's not like again, not You're a hard game. And I'm playing it on survivor difficulty, so it's not like. It, but the game's not incredibly hard. So it's so um, generous with its curative items. The upgrades really kind of break the game, I think. But that's the way upgrades usually are. But I want to get cast that all aside. I was going to move on to Far Cry Primal, but then Ooh. I got, but then I got Tales of Berseria today. Uh, the new Tales game comes out in a few weeks. And uh, so I'm, I'm anxious to it's jump back into now? that. I'd, I'd like it to be. I mean, I haven't, I, I you know, so I, <clears throat> I'm i a huge Tales fan going back to Destiny, uh, which was the first one we got in the United States in 98. And then Fantasia was the first one that actually came out. That was in 95. And in Japan, we got that on Game Boy Advance. Anyway, the uh, I'm a huge fan of that series. I played almost all of them and beaten almost all of them. Uh, Tales of Exilia and Tales of Exilia 2 were really great games. Exilia 2 is one of the last games I reviewed at IGN. And... Uh, when Tales of Zest, no, what is it? Tales of Zestiria came out, I guess a year, year and a half ago. It was a very different kind of game, and I played it only for a few hours, and it just, which is unusual because usually I lose my life. You love Tales those game. things, yeah, you're all over. <clears throat> and uh, it just wasn't right. And apparently this, and a lot of people agree, and apparently this is uh, this is a return to form. So I'm mm-hmm. looking forward to playing it. The art itself, like the the box art, really strikes me as something that's pretty cool. It's just a picture of the, the protagonist, but in that uh, pencil-drawn style that Tales fans would know that, you know, all the characters are designed on paper and um, kind of struck me with an old-school kind of thing. So I'm excited to, I'm excited to play that while we anticipate uh, Resident Evil, which is really the game Resident that I'm Evil. Uh, super, super stoked about. And, um, I mean, there's not much else coming out. Now, I mean, here's I was, my question. Yeah. Is Resident Evil going to be the slump buster for VR, you think? Are you actually going to commit to playing that in VR? Yeah, I, I'm okay. going to play that in VR. Okay. Whether or not I, you know, who knows if I can last through it in VR, but sure. that's the intent. Because uh, I think <clears throat> that's what VR is made for. Is that <clears throat> I think those kinds of games, or at least that's the proof of concept. So, so I'm excited about that. And, yeah. and but there's not much coming out. I mean, as you'll see during trophies, like there's just no trophies being posted. There's just no games of any consequence that I care about <clears throat> coming out anytime soon. I know Gravity Rush Two is coming out, which you know, we'll talk about ten or fifteen people will play, and mm-hmm. then uh, you know, but we're you know, Horizon's really the big one. You know, on, on, the, the on the horizon, as it were. Yeah, 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 yeah. How about you? What have you been doing? Uh, so I've been playing a bunch of stuff. Now, I think I was wrong. It might have been Peace, I Love You, XOXO last week, or one of the morning shows or whatever. But at some point, I, th- I said that I thought I'd be able to talk about Yakuza 0 today. Turns out that embargo is still another week or two off or whatever it is, right before it comes out. So I think it's not I even... I think it comes out the same day Resident Evil comes out. I don't, it's not even next Peace, I Love You. I think just for our posting schedule, I think it'll be like the one after or whatever. Mm. So I can't say anything about Yakuza 0. Been playing Gravity Rush 2. By the time this post embargo review is up, I thought it was interesting. I played it for a night. 
and was enjoying myself or whatever. Then, you know, next morning I woke up. Play, I think that's when we got Yakuza. I played that the next night, and then I played something else, and da-da-da-da. But you, would, you and I had a candid conversation the other day. You're like, how is it? I heard it's bad. Where did you hear it was bad? Uh, I just heard the demo for Gravity Rush 2 is not good. Ah, okay. My thing is, I think that it's very much, it's Gravity Rush. You know what I mean? Like, I'm playing this, and I'm like, all right, this is Gravity Rush. It's even less comic booky in terms of its uh, cutscenes and presentation than I think uh, uh, Gravity Rush originally was on Vita, which was, I thought, one of its cooler parts so that had a cover for every story. This time, chapters begin, and it doesn't give that vibe. You still get cutscenes that are comic panels and talking to each other and all that stuff. But for better or worse, I think it's Gravity Rush again, which I gave a 7.5 at IGN, which I stand by. I enjoyed it. I thought it was a good game. But I didn't think it was going to set the world on fire. Same thing here. I now I've only I haven't played far enough to even get the new powers. I at demos, you know, they always sit sit us down like, now you're fucking super light. Now you're super heavy. I'm gonna fuck around with that. I haven't gotten that. But I'm enjoying the return to being cat and seeing her story and it's in a different spot and it starts in an interesting way of being powerless and how are you gonna go on and continue it. But as evident, I think by that much as I've hopped around and we'll talk about that in a second. I'm, I, the hooks aren't in me. It's Gravity Rush. That's awesome. I'll get back to it, but it's always going to be something that's just there on the back burner for whatever I'm in the mood for. Maybe I'll jump to it. I don't think it's bad, but maybe somebody's you know running. I don't. I don't. The demo. I'm not sure what part of the game it is. If it is the light and it is the heavy. I just heard bad things about the demo. Sure, but I think it's the same thing you probably heard about Gravity Rush originally, right? Like in terms of like not a game for everybody. This is kind of. Weird. I certainly didn't like it. I mean, I, I, yeah. I when we got on Vita, I was excited about it because it was a very early first party game. For Vita, uh, but yeah, it wasn't for me. I mean, I appreciate why people like it. It's just, I, I don't understand, um, and we'll find out soon enough. I mean, obviously the sequel's for someone, but I don't, but I don't, I just, I just don't understand why it's even And this is the same, ar- this is thing. what we talked about last week, and we're about to jump to Reaper Wolf 91's question, that I think everybody who's going to buy Gravity Rush 2 and enjoy Gravity Rush 2 are the same people who bought Gravity Rush on Vita, and why don't you just put it back on Vita if that's the case? This is going to underperform as a PlayStation 4 game, period. And it w- I mean, it would have been fine as a Vita game. It would have done as much same. Or at least cross-platform would have been interesting. ReaperWolf91, though, wrote in to kindoffunny.com slash PSQ, just like you can to get your question on the air, and says, Hey, Greg, Kevin, and Colin, I'll keep it short and sweet this week. I just finished watching episode 68. Thanks for picking my real forgotten game of the week. Remember, we didn't know if it was forgotten or not. I was quite alarmed when you guys started talking about Gravity Rush and Gravity Rush 2. I really enjoyed the first one, and I'm enjoying the second. And I'm enjoying my second playthrough. As a bona fide member of Vita Island, I immediately decided to wait for the Vita version of Gravity Rush 2 as soon as it was announced. Now I'm wondering if there will be a Vita version of Gravity Rush 2 at all, since it seems like it's jumped to the PlayStation 4 for good. Thoughts? Yeah, it's never coming. No, to it's Vita. not coming to Vita. No, no, not a chance in hell is it coming to Vita. Sorry. My assumption is that it was greenlit and developed for Vita originally, and because uh, I mean, I was I saw a little bit of you playing. It doesn't certainly doesn't look very good, and the it looks like Gravity <coughs> Rush. Again, yeah, that's my thing. Is like to, to temper everyone's expectation for this game. It's Gravity Rush again, which is either great or or good as a seven five, or you ne- you don't give a flying fuck like Colin. But uh, yeah, I mean, I don't, I, I hope people out there enjoy it. But uh, yeah, my assumption is that it was greenlit as a Vita game. It was because mo- you remember it was announced at Tokyo Game Show. I want to say in. Um, I was there. It was 2014, maybe 2015, one of those, and uh, it was a, it was it was announced as Project Gravity or some some weird thing like that on a B uh, sizzle yeah. reel yeah, yeah, yeah. above the Sony booth. I remember seeing it. And a lot of people were seeing it and writing about it, and there was no platforms confirmed. And my assumption is that at some point they were like, "We got to get this thing off of this PS4, but or onto the PS4 and off of the Vita." But I, I'm the same way with you. Where if if the ceiling of sales for this game is something akin to the original Gravity Rush, which convinced them not to put it on the Vita again, then why does the sequel exist at all? This seems like a very strange kind of... Yeah. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't take risks and, and release interesting games. I think Puppeteer is a really good example of a PlayStation 3 game that was phenomenal. Um, that, like, 
Sony probably had no business making and they probably ate shit on that game, but it was a great game and maybe they'll have a similar situation with this. But if what you're saying is true, and I think it probably is that the ceiling of sales is akin to probably some sort of algorithmic combination of the Vita sales of Gravity Rush combined with, I'm sure, the very tepid and low sales of Gravity Rush's port to PlayStation 4, mm-hmm. it begs the question... Gravity Rush. I mean, Gravity Rush Two is, in my opinion, good for a few hundred thousand copies sold, probably like that. And that's not gonna do anything for Sony. That's gonna they're gonna make not make anything. It's so. weird for me. <clears throat> well, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I hope it sells millions of copies. Oh yeah, I, we're not going to be, but I'd hope that too. Uh, if it, it speaks to me in the way PlayStation All Stars did, right, where they put Cat in that as DLC and stuff, and like, all right, we're gonna make this a thing. We are gonna make Cat happen, and Cat's not gonna happen. Gravity Rush isn't gonna happen. And again, what you're saying is right take chances do whatever you want to you know do we're not saying that but are they okay taking that chance and knowing it's going to fail are they what do they expect gravity rush 2 to do i think they just got to get it out i I think they're expecting when they when they they clearly weren't thinking too deeply about gravity rush 2 when they put the last guardian right on top of it Mm -hmm. and not no offense to anyone over there because i don't know what the hell's going on in terms of like their release date but it doesn't even seem like anyone really thought about that like that's the crazy thing is like someone's like let's just move it here and i'm but like no one's like it's three days away from the other one that you're releasing this so like Gravity Rush 2 just seemed to be like this afterthought and then they were like the game's done we're just going to kick it into January. Meanwhile The Last Guardian is going to find out seems to have commercially bombed and uh, you know and then this game is so it's just like it's just the thing it's on top of news good news with other first party games selling very well as we'll get into Exactly but I mean that's the thing of where it all comes back to is like this isn't a game you're going to see commercials for it isn't a game that they're going to go out of their way to market because it's going to speak to the Gravity Rush fan and if we're going to speak to the Gravity Rush fan leave it on Vita it should just been left on Vita and there you go. Yep I agree but you know, well, the interesting thing about that is that the, the the monetary calculus on Vita is probably way different. The game probably would have been way easier uh, resource wise to develop on sure. Vita, and then they would have had made less money on Vita, and it would have been a good uh, goodwill gesture. Yeah, to the good, fans good, of, good hey, swan song for yeah. the first party, since you know clearly Freedom Wars two or anything like that's not going to happen. So, um, it's very, it's very, a very curious situation but we we move on to that and then we get and we get into the meat with horizon exactly all the same i'm enjoying gravity rush 2 not enough where i'm like addicted to it i have to play more of it i'm going to play more of it i'm sure as i go through uh, my life as they say here in 2017 after i clear some of the things i'm playing now but it's more gravity rush which i'm fine with maybe it falls apart and it gets bad when something else happens but i'm enjoying it fine i just heard i just i mean i was just reading stuff about the the, the demo specifically sure. they could but again it's it reminds me of well not, not so much knack where like knack actually didn't seem bad until it came out sure like a lot of people are like knack's gonna be bad and i'm like but all the demos i played didn't indicate that at all but then mm. they just pick out an interesting part of the game the interesting thing about gravity rush 2 is if the demo is bad then why would you pick out a bad part of the game or well the th- my thing about it not having read any of the criticism not knowing exactly i'm but they're like all i'm doing is jumping there and hitting these things in their purple bits i'm like yep that's gravity rush that's exactly i would have told i could have told you before i even played this game that they were not gonna Im- it's not different it is the exact same thing mm-hmm. of jump up attack these creatures come down here's a cutscene. There's a, the mining missions now where you go out, you defend this guy as he gets stuff, and it's just kicking the fucking, jumping in the air and kicking the shit out of things once in a while. And the combat's not the best part of that, obviously. It's the fact you're flying around <coughs> acting cool. So I've been playing Gravity Rush 2. Playing Yakuza 0, can't talk to you about it. The other one I started this weekend that I, I'm really enjoying, I'm halfway through, uh, 2064 read-only memories. Mm. You remember hearing about this game? Oh, yeah, the Vita game, Vita Late, the port late or something? Yeah, like it, exactly. It was a PlayStation <laughs> 4 Vita game. The, no, they've, they've pushed it off. It's somewhere delayed down the line or whatever. I'm playing on PlayStation 4. I, I'm really enjoying myself, and I think part of it is the fact that it's in Neo SF, and it's Neo San Francisco. It's, you know, 20, you know, 2064 is when it's set. But it totally is like 
Hey, we're in the sunset. Hey, we're in the Richmond. All right. Hey, you like if you want to go into the, your thing and read the news that doesn't actually pertain to the game, at least so far, it's talking about the San Francisco 49ers and their quest for 10 and how they're playing the Tokyo. And it's like this really, cool. really, really awesome w- realized world. Now, here's what I come down to you with you. Have you played or done anything or seen anything for read only memories? I mean, a long time ago, I played it on Vita sure. like when they brought it around, when they used to bring Vita around with a bunch of games on it. What do you classify this as a genre? Adventure game. It is adventure. I mean, from what I remember, it seems like it's for me. I'm playing it and I'm enjoying it, and I'm but I keep going back and forth between is this uh, like Danganronpa uh, interactive story kind of thing, or is it a point and click adventure, or is it whatever this is? Well, I would say I would say Danganronpa is its own. It's it's a subgenre of adventure. Okay, okay, okay. Because that's what's been interesting to me. Because I don't like I if I was to tell somebody, oh, it's an adventure game, that would be a turnoff to me. But it's not an adventure game in the way of you found this fucking doorknob. And now you got to figure out how to get on the plane with it. You know what I mean? Like, that's not all the stupid shit that adventure games do where you walk around and you interact with everything. This is very much telling you a story. You get to pick the way you respond. That influences the way characters talk to you a little bit or whatever. But it is, you know, okay, we need to get into the VIP lounge. We need somebody to vouch for us. You go around, you talk to people, you you say the right things, you impress this person, they take you. It's not like I'm hitting those walls of like, well, fuck, I have this wet floor sign. (laughs) And if I could only figure out how to get that coil out of the wall. I'm enjoying it a lot, though. It's a cool, cool story. It's very interesting characters. The voice work's really well done, which is something they had made a big deal about when uh, they put in the cast, right? That, like, Xavier Woods, Austin Creed was in it. Uh, Melissa Hutchinson is in there. Gavin's in there. There's a whole bunch. You know, Jim Sterling's in there. He does a really good job, too. Really cool characters. Really cool story so far. Uh, I thought when I first started it, I was like, hmm, is this going to be a game for me? Because you're picking your responses and it's all happening on just this screen with like, you know, the little window over here of like who's talking to you or what your menu bar and then a little picture of the room. You don't see your character ever. Your character doesn't actually have any VO of itself. So when it started in a room and I'm like walking around, clicking on the different things on my desk and talking about, and like reading about what I'm thinking about them, I was like, I don't know. But as soon as we introduced a uh, Turing, a few other uh, an AI, an AI, AI bot there uh, really got into it. So I'm excited to see that get out to everybody else and see what they think of it. But I'm also excited to finish it six chapters. I think um three in right now. Cool. Enjoy myself quite a bit. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I, I think per the, per the genre conversation, I, I think similar to action, I think adventure is a very big umbrella. Like, uh, yeah. um, that kind of just goes into narrative driven passive games. So, I would always classify something like what you're describing or something like Danganronpa, even though Danganronpa is a, a visual novel in a way or a narrative, kind of like 999 or something yeah, like that, yeah. but they're adventure games. Okay. Um, so yeah, I think it's safe. To visual work. novels what I was searching for before. Yeah. Good call. Uh, yeah, so everybody check that out when they get a the chance. And then here, we're going to go into a question that'll lead to my, the final game I've been playing. It's that Dave wrote into kindoffunny.com slash PSQ, just like you can to get your question read right on the air and says, hey, fellas, you guys often ta- talk about being in the right mood for a game and how that can affect your opinions of it. For example, I played Journey when it came out to PlayStation Plus a fr- a f- for free a few months ago, and honestly, I don't see the big deal about it. Now, that could be that I just wasn't really feeling it at the time and still decided to finish up, but you guys also say that this is a game that you can only play through once to change your life, or something to that matter. I was just wondering if there were any games you have played at one time that you didn't really dig, and if you ever went back to said game, forever in your hearts, Dave. This came around about this weekend where I was playing uh, Gravity Rush. I had Gravity Rush, Yakuza, and 2064. And I'm like, I'm going to play these. Well, I'm going to play these this weekend. I can't wait. Played a little bit all of them. Then I jumped into 2064. Really got into that on Saturday and played for a long, long time. A couple, you know, a bunch of hours put together. I was like, all right, cool. Stopped. Actually, when I went out to watch, play, watch football with you, I was just remote playing it on my Vita and stuff. Works awesome on the Vita too. Which, so if you can wait for the Vita port, if that's ever going to happen, it'd be a great Vita game. I digress. Sunday, I wake up though, feeling a little sick want to play something, but I want to stay tucked in bed. You know what I mean? Be, have a little porty there. Do something. 
2064, great, good story, but I want to be mentally there. I want to read it. I want to be there. I want to make my choices. Gravity Rush, not hitting the spot for this kind of deal. Yakuza, same thing, where it's like, this is, these are games I want to play, not what I want right now. What I did, Colin, is I put on Lego Marvel Superheroes. This is not even, this is not the Avengers game I was in from last year. This is the one from the launch of the PlayStation 4, because I just wanted something like, you know, that that tangible, like, just comfort food. You know what I mean? A comfort video gaming food where I could play that and I knew what I was getting into. I had started it when it came out at launch. I remember playing it with Christine and uh, never went back to it. Just got distracted. There's a million things happening at launch. But put that back in there and now I'm going and it's exactly what I wanted in the moment because now here I am with comfort food and I just want to go through and beat every level and get all the studs and get the platinum and da 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 But it was interesting that it caught me off guard because I'm still waiting for Ratchet and Clank's day. I still have, to, I still have that second half of Ratchet and Clank to finish on PlayStation 4. You're never I'm gonna finish no, it. You're never Colin, why would you do this? <clears throat> why have enough time? What? You're never gonna, you're never gonna be ratcheting. Like. No, it's okay. It's okay. I accept that. It's no, fine. I'm gonna stop. You should have been in when it came out, but it's not. It's you know, it's no, it's no big. We got to wait for the right mood. We got like three weeks early. It's no big deal. I'm so you had for the right mood. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I, I think the game that comes to mind with this particular question is <clears throat> is uh, Dark Souls, mm. and um. I remember when Demon Souls came out. We told the story many times. No one gave a flying fuck about Demon Souls when it came out, and uh, we got the game at IGN. And we we're like, we didn't even review it. Yeah, and then Sam Bishop, we sent it out. You had a Sam Bishop who works at PlayStation now, and and uh, um, he reviewed and he really loved it. And I'm like, I, I remember bringing it home before it came out. Atlas published it here, as, as you guys might know. Sony published it in the in the East, and uh, I was like, I don't. I don't want to play this. Yeah. You know, and <laughs> and so then, you know, Sony obviously shit the bed with with Demon Souls, kind of lost control of what From was doing. Namco Bandai walks in. They published Dark Souls and everything and and Dark Souls comes out and I, I play it again because there's like this small niche of people and 09 10 whatever it was. I guess actually we were in, we were in the new office. It was like it must have been like 2010 or something. Um when Demon Souls came out. And then people were were like you're missing out on this really spectacular kind of game and I'm like I don't really believe you, but I'm going to play it anyway. And then I played it and I played it to an extent and then I was like I get what you're saying, but this game isn't for me. And then I remember taking an entire week off at IGN just to play Dark Souls. And this is this is the thing that really bothers me about like people are like you just don't give it a chance. I'm like, no, I gave it a chance. I started again from the beginning, very meticulously played through again a, a portion of the game, and uh, I'm like, I just I understand why you like this. I just don't want to play it. It's similar to Assassin's Creed for me. Where I'm like, I get why this is cool. I wish I liked this. You know, I yeah. this I like. Especially Assassin's Creed, yeah, I'll never forget. I was like, I want to love this game. This game is made for me, but it's just not very good. And uh, it's not for me. And um, so Dark Souls is one of those things. I never played Dark Souls 2. I never played Dark Souls 2, 3. Bloodborne was the game where things finally started to click for me. And I, I dumped a lot of time into Bloodborne, um, and I really liked it. Again, it was a little quicker, um, which I, I think I think Dark Souls could have benefited from a, a more arcadey kind of feel. But it, but going back to, to the original Dark Souls, it just didn't, it never really, like, clicked for me like I understood why people liked it and people were like well you like hard games and grueling games and these meticulous gameplay centric games and I'm like I do I just don't think this is fun and that's a, just because something is like that doesn't mean it's fun there are very hard NES side scrollers that are not fun just because they're hard yeah. side scrollers doesn't mean I'm gonna like them and the same thing with Dark Souls just because it's a hard kind of grueling game that's very punishing doesn't mean I liked it but Bloodborne's particular uh formula of whatever they did fixed that for me which is why I'm confident we're gonna get Bloodborne too and um you know, so that's what comes to mind for me. But I don't often go back to games that I like abandoned because I didn't like them, and then find out that I liked them. I mean, that doesn't happen very often. Yeah, I mean, it probably the, did when I was younger. The liking thing's different. I knew, obviously I love Lego games. I play them all the time. But one, I think it's more rare that I come back to a game that I've been like, all right, cool, I've played enough of this, or I'm done, and I move. I mean, it's what years the PlayStation 4 launch? I haven't touched this game since. It's interesting to jump in there and have that experience. But that's how game work. If you didn't know.
This is PSI Love UXOXO. It is KindOfFunny.com's PlayStation Podcast. It is the number one PlayStation Podcast on the internet, and it posts every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Mm-hmm. Pacific time on YouTube.com slash KindOfFunnyGames and podcast services around the globe. So go like, subscribe, share, subscribe to everything else. Do that stuff. Share it with your friends. Walk, Put down, pause it right now. Find your mom and tell her, yo, bitch, this shit's the jam. Also, piece of housekeeping for you. This doesn't really apply, but you're a video game fan, so it kind of applies. Remember, the Nintendo Switch event is Thursday. Uh, we'll be doing coverage here on Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. Is it this Thursday? Yep. You excited? God. Uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm interested in what, it, what it's... What, what time do we have to do this? 7.30 is the pre-show at uh, night, Pacific time. 8 o'clock is the stream. You can watch along with us. Reactions after that. Okay. Can you do that? I'm assuming we don't do the morning show in the morning. Yeah, no, that's fine. I'm yeah. fine with them. Come there. All right, cool. So do that. Colin? Mm. Let's begin the show with what is... Oh, God, he's dying. And forever will be. Roper's report. Time for some singular possessive news. So I actually wrote this last night, and then I verified that nothing else happened today of consequence. It didn't. Uh, there are, and I say that only because it's a pretty robust. I mean, it's not volumetric or robust, but it's a robust uh, informational Roper's report of ten items. A baker's dozen. Number one. Can't find a good place for my laptop. Garbage can. Number one. PlayStation 4's pace as sales behemoth continues unabated. At Sony's CES press conference, the company revealed that 53.4 million PS4s have been sold worldwide as of January 1st. From November 21st through January 1st alone, the PlayStation 4 sold 6.2 million units. Uh, as a, an aside, just because I was thinking about this, that's uh, half as many Wii U's that have been sold worldwide. Bazing. At 53.4 million units sold, PS4 remains 12th on the list of best-selling gaming hardware and 7th when removing handhelds. Right behind it on the list is SNES at 49.1 million units. Ahead of it is Nintendo 3DS, which sits at 61.57 million units. Also important to note that 3DSs will continue to sell. In terms of software, 50.4 million games were sold on PlayStation 4 from November 11th through December 31st, where about one game sold per every console in the wild Hmm. for that short period of time. So Sony continuing to... um, just destroy and I'm getting more and more confident that they will hit a hundred million units, which is, which is incredible when you consider like that. I thought that number was completely out of reach. If, if the PS4 gets anywhere near the Wii, which is 102 million units, the PS1 is a, sh- a hair above a hundred. I think it's like 101.8 or something like that. That's in good company because after oh, that, yeah. the only things that are there are, are uh, is, you know, you're going to be around the game boy and then you're going to have, um, you know, the DS and then the PS2. Then the PS2 is 152 million. That's never going to happen. Number two. Sony has also revealed fantastic sales figures for Uncharted 4 at Thief's End. From its launch on May 10th until December 21st of 2016, the game sold 8.7 million copies. Goddamn. Giving it an attach rate of nearly one in every five PS4 consoles. It is, quote, the fastest selling PlayStation 4 first party title to date, end quote, according to Sony and presumably its top selling exclusive overall. And I mean that only on PS4. I can't think of a PS4 exclusive that would have been anywhere near that. Yeah. Um, so congratulations to Naughty Dog. Well deserved. Now here's where we're going to get into the meat. This is going to take a little bit of time. Get some meat on your bones. Number three. Sony has revealed the best-selling digital games on PlayStation Network for the entire year of 2016. Usually I cut these down to 10 games apiece, but since it is the yearly figure, we'll do all 20 for all the platform. The platforms. Nice. Applicable, applicable proud. platforms. Proud. The top 20 best-selling PS4 games for the year were in order, and again, these are digital sales. Rocket League. Battlefield 1, Minecraft, Call of Duty Infinite Warfare, The Division, 
Grand Theft Auto 5, Overwatch, Battlefield 4, No Man's Sky, FIFA 17, NBA 2K17, Need for Speed, Star Wars Battlefront, Rainbow Six Siege, Battlefield Hardline, Madden 17, The Elder Scrolls 5, Skyrim Special Edition, Uncharted 4, Thief's End, The Last of Us Remastered, and Final Fantasy 15. All right, so there's some interesting stuff you can read in here. Uh, We know 8.7 million copies cumulative across retail and digital channels, assuming that a fourth or let's say a fifth of the uncharted copies sold let's say let's say uncharted sold two million digital copies then um which i think is a safe assumption uh you can look at that as being what number 18 on the list of 20 which means everything above that sold better Mm. um again those are loose kind of you know conjectured numbers but interesting and the big winner here is battlefield which battlefield one battlefield four and battlefield hardline in the three of the top 20 best-selling games on playstation not too shabby all right, the top 20 best-selling PS3 games for the year were in order, again, digital. <clears throat> Minecraft, The Last of Us, Grand Theft Auto V, Little Big Planet 3, Plants vs. Zombies, Garden Warfare, Battlefield 4, Call of Duty Black Ops 3, Need for Speed, Most Wanted, FIFA 17, Watch Dogs, Dragon Ball Xenoverse, Dark Souls 2, Goat Simulator, Red Dead Redemption, FIFA 16, Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, Gran Turismo 6, MLB The Show 16, and Pro Evolution Soccer 2017. The top 10 best-selling PSVR games for the year Ooh. in order were Job Simulator, Job Simulator, Batman Arkham VR, Until Dawn, Russia Blood, PlayStation VR Worlds, Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes, Here They Lie, Sports Bar VR, Carnival Games VR, Harmonix Music VR, and Eve Valkyrie. So, you sorry bastards who bought Harmonix Music VR. The top 10 best-selling PS Vita games for the year were in order, digital. Digimon Story Cyber Sleuth, Minecraft, God Eater Resurrection, XCOM Enemy Unknown Plus, Borderlands 2, Persona 4 Golden, Jack and Daxter Collection, Sword Art Online, Hollow Fragment, Ratchet and Clank Collection, and Severed. Oh, nice. Good job, Severed. And finally, the top 10 best-selling PS Classics for the year were in order. Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, Bully, Grand Theft Auto The Trilogy, Dark Cloud 2, Twisted Metal Black, The Warriors, Grand Theft Auto Vice City, Star Wars Bounty Hunter, Rogue Galaxy, and Manhunt. I would love to know what the return on investment art is for that, for those PlayStation 2 Classics. Because Rockstar just all over it. Oh, I'm sure they make a lot of money. I know. I'd love to know. I'd love to actually get figures on that and what that actually looks like, how much they turn for each one of those games. And how many are actually selling, I guess, too. Number four is Associated. Because as likewise and perhaps less interestingly, Sony revealed the best-selling digital games on PlayStation Network for the month of December 2016. Mm-hmm. Some interesting stuff in here, Greg. I think you'll be able to figure out what that is. Oh, I know where you're going with this one. The top ten best-selling PS4 games for the month were in order. Arc. Which is interesting. Which we have... Somebody hit us up. Like, hey, nobody... Like, us in a... a Christian Spicer was just like, hey, like, nobody's talking about this. I, it's doing really well. We're all like, eh, yeah, just I haven't like tried it. I have it on my unit. I just haven't actually turned it on. So number one's Ark, Final Fantasy 15, Need for Speed, Grand Theft Auto 5, Call of Duty Infinite Warfare, Battlefield 1, Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom 3, Watch Dogs 2, Star Wars Battlefront, and Rocket League. Huh. Uh, this list goes This list goes down to 20, on, and uh, The Last Guardian, which came out December well, surely 6th. surely it's got to be in the top 20. Nowhere no, to be found. No, not in the top 20. What a surprise. That game bombed. Like, I, 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 like I, I think it, I think clearly, like some people are like, well, and I think there's some interesting theories about why not. It's like, well, did people pay for their pre-orders a long time ago? I'm like, possibly. Mm. I don't know if that counts. Is this a game that people want to have retail possibly yeah, yeah. i feel like i the- don't know that i mean the game's not gonna be on mpd and i don't i don't think that i think the game clearly didn't do well i think the most realistic i don't think it did well either i, I think the most realistic answer is the fact that yes the, these are this is appealing to a subset of playstation fans that have been waiting so long for this game that are so into this game it's probably the same you talk about venn diagrams all the time i imagine the crossover between the people who want to have their games on their shelf and have this collection that's the big part of it where it is you have that you have shadow you have eco you have the remasters you want it all together on one shelf i assume but 
Valkyrie X wrote in to kindoffunny.com slash PSQ just like you can and said, Hi, Greg and Colin. Colin, you recently tweeted that the last Guardian was not in the top 20, 20 downloaded games on PSN in December. My question is, do you think Sony knows that The Last Guardian was never going to make its money back and that releasing The Last Guardian was more of a nice gesture to fans and an investment on some goodwill? Also, what do you think realistic sales expectations for The Last Guardian should have been? You often mention in the past that games released by NIS and Exceed that only sell 50,000 copies can be viewed as successes because those publishers have realistic expectations for them. While The Last Guardian isn't as niche as those games, it's also not as AAA as games like Battlefield or Call of Duty. What is the right amount of expectations for a game like The Last Guardian? Thanks, Valkyrie X. I don't know. I mean, I just as I said before, and some people got mad about it where I was just like, I, I don't, I don't, I think expectations played into a lot of things with this game. Negative or positive. The Last Guardian is a triple A game. It's a triple A game that looks like it was triple A ten years ago, but it exactly. was a triple A game nonetheless. Uh, and yeah, a team of three hundred people didn't make the Last Guardian, but they took a long, a very long period of time to make the game, and so that set up different expectations. Do I think that they released it knowing they weren't going to make any money? Did I think they 100%. released it? Yeah, I think they. They're not stupid. They they knew that. I still think. I'm glad that they release it in the sense that people and some people enjoy it and people seem to have like 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 it or whatever. But at the same time, I don't think that they I think they should have probably canceled the game. And, a long time and, ago, yeah, years and years and, ago. And I, I uh, so I'm glad that they got out the door. I don't think it's this this you know because it's a very divisive game. When I tweet about it, I expected to get a lot more hate than I do. But a lot of people are like this game sucks. Like there, there's a lot of people out there that are like this game just just bad. You know, and I'm like, why well, I, I didn't play enough of it to call it bad, but I played an hour of it and I. I I'm not That's wasting enough. any more time with it. Yeah. Uh, so that's just not going to happen. I deleted it off my console, deleted the save, and X'd out the trophies since I didn't receive, earn any of them. I'm like, we're just going to pretend this never happened. <laughs> <laughs> to me, in my mind, this did get canceled. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think that they released it as a goodwill gesture. I think it was something that they had to see through. I think it was important to them probably internally. I think it was probably important to Japan Studio specifically internally and the remnants of Team Eco, which is now called Gen Design. And people are like, you know, they should make another game. And I'm like, I wouldn't count on that. Uh, I think Sony would want to stay far away from everything going on with anything, you know, Ueda and those guys touch since they clearly shit the bed with the game. Um, so, yeah, I think that they they had expectations that were not, that were probably met. And yeah, to the point, yeah, Danganronpa, I think, sold a couple hundred thousand copies or something is considered like a wild success. And that's because NIS is a company of not many people. Yeah. The game is made by Spike Chunsoft, licensed to NIS for localization and translation, and they and they put the game out. And so there's a lot of money to be made there. Um when you're investing, you know, first party resources into a game, that's a very different kind of thing. And, and that's why, you know, Uncharted 4 selling 8.7 million copies or whatever is, is, is extraordinary. I and mean, that's a lot of that's a lot of copies of a first party game, no matter how you slice that any way for any of the companies. Um, and I'm sure they were thrilled about that. that. That's way more than the other Uncharted games sold. I know. Yeah, that. that's the big thing. Is um, we always talk about the Uncharted numbers and stuff, how it's been a slow build and it's been good. But it was that thing of remember we had that bet or I had that bet with Jim Riley or whatever, where it was going to be that. Uh, Uncharted was not going to even or Gears of War would sell more than every you know Sony first party exclusive that mm. year or whatever and it did and it's like that's crazy to think about and I don't know if Uncharted was in that anymore now that I say that but it was that and it might have been because I, I thought it was yeah, yeah exactly that was the whole point and that really put, puts into perspective what Uncharted was moving back in the day yeah and I, I, I think that uh, another important component of this is that this now sets the Uncharted sales particularly set uh, let, let's let's back up the the, so, the, up. the soft the soft sales of yeah. Last Guardian and, and clearly Gravity Rush is going to sell soft too. Um, those are going to be eradicated or they're willing to take those losses probably because they look earlier last year and they're like, well, we have Uncharted and then Horizon's going to sell millions of copies. So um, you think so? Yeah, the game? absolutely. What do you think that number is going to look like? I don't know. Five million. Really? Yeah. Wow. I think, well, I, I think they're going to push it hard and I think that I, the install base is over 50 million. That if, if it sold five million, that's one in 10, one in 11 actually 
PS4s, which is, I think, actually really conservative. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I'm not saying it's going to do that immediately, but but when they announce sales, it's going to be in the millions. And and uh, I think Horizon is clearly going to be, or it clearly has the potential. It could be a fucking p- turd for all I know, but clearly... Herman wouldn't put out a turd. No, and, and, and also I played it extensively, and, it, and it's not a turd. Uh, I think that that game is safe to assume that, you know, PS4... Um, uh, we'll have its next big game with Horizon. I hope so. And that uh, it's worth noting that I think Sony feels that way about it too. You know? Yeah, they've, so. t- they've openly talked about that, right? Where they, they, they think it could be the next big thing. It could be a, a pillar for them. Continuing the list, the top 10 best-selling PS3 games of the month in order, digital. FIFA 17, Grand Theft Auto 5, The Last of Us, Minecraft, Plants vs. Zombies, Garden Warfare, Goat Simulator, Need for Speed, Most Wanted, Pro Evolution, Goats. Soccer 2017, Madden 17, and Little Big Planet 3. The top 10 best-selling PSVR games for the month were in order. Job Simulator, I Expect You to Die, Fruit Ninja VR, PlayStation VR Worlds, Batman Arkham VR, Until Dawn, Rush of Blood, Sports Bar VR, Here They Lie, Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes, and Surgeon Simulator. I didn't even know Fruit Ninja VR came out. I saw it at some point at some place. I don't know. The secret of... <laughs> what the hell does that mean? The top 10 best-selling PS Vita games for the month were in order. Adventure Time, The Secret of the Nameless Kingdom, Muramasa Rebirth, Minecraft, Jack and Daxter Collection, XCOM Enemy Unknown Plus, Darkest Dungeon, Axiom Verge, Civilization Revolution 2 Plus, Rage Agon, and Severed. And finally, the top 10 best-selling PlayStation Classics for the month were in order. Twisted Metal Black, Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, Bully, Metal Slug Anthology, Star Wars Bounty Hunter, Destroy All Humans 2, The Warriors, Grand Theft Auto, The Trilogy, The King of Fighters 2000, and Destroy All Humans. Number five, Mass Effect Andromeda has an official release date. <laughs> now, it's weird here. I don't know what I was thinking. What the but fuck I wrote were you thinking? Official website. That's not what it, that's not what I meant, though. It doesn't, I mean, I'm sure that's an official, official website. website. Developer Bioware and publisher EA will purportedly launch far sooner. Uh, new game, rather, will purportedly launch far sooner than you might think. March 21st in North America and March 23rd elsewhere in the world. So March 21st for Mass Effect Andromeda in these here United States. Suck my face. Wrote into kindoffunny.com slash PSQ just like you can to get your question on the air and says, Hi, Greg and Colin. Love the show. With Mass Effect Andromeda set for a release in March of this year, I just wanted to ask you guys if you think I should go back and play the first three since I never did. I know. I'm embarrassed. I've been meaning for years, but I've just never gotten around to it. So with Andromeda so close to release, I'm starting to panic. It would be fun to play the first three before Andromeda, but there is still so much time that I need to spend with Resident (coughs) Evil 7, Neo, For Honor, and Horizon Zero Dawn all coming up in the next few months. What should I do? Do you guys think it will be important to play the first games before the new one to understand the story? Or do you think it will be fine to play Andromeda without having played the first ones? Please help. Thanks. Love from Sweden. Suck my face. You should have played them a long time ago. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think you they're, fucked I, up, son. They're great games. I, exactly. I think, they're, I think they're worth playing. I, I don't know that you necessarily have to. I don't know that you would necessarily appreciate Andromeda fully. That's the thing. is, I don't it. think it's going to be like, oh, you don't know Shepard or something like that. But I think it's going to be cool to see... This N7 mission that was sent out, right, and have the background that we know of everything that happened there and who those characters were and what the whole progression was and how that series ends and what that means for you out there now doing it all over again in a new galaxy. I concur. There's going to be a lot of nods and a lot of cool things in there that you might not get. I would assume that you'd not get. I also really feel that the trilogy, this trilogy is going to wrap back to the original one in some way. So, um in some cursory way, maybe, but maybe some serious way. I, I think uh, I think EA really fucked up by not releasing Mass Effect trilogy on the new consoles. I, I don't uh, understand quite why they didn't do that. I understand that that's Peter Moore's whole thing, where they're like, we don't want to do that, but mm, that was stupid mm-hmm. um, to not do that. Uh, get people more excited for this game, especially this game that has a, some trepidation surrounding it. Uh, I mean, it really seems like that's been us, though. 
Well, no, I think it's been a lot of people that have been curious about what the fuck's going on with this game. I don't think it's just us. And I, I like I like their approach because first of all, people are like, well, it's going to get delayed. And I'm like, no, it's not. Uh, they wouldn't just release. This is literally two months away. They're not. Oh, gonna, you're talking about since the yeah, announcement. Yeah, of the yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the second thing is, is that they I like that they've kept everything, everything close to the vest and you can only read a few things into it either. Um, and I don't know what the right answer is. It, it's either that they're so confident in the game that they don't want to show you anything to spoil it or whatever, which is possible. The second thing is, is that the game was so muddled towards the middle and end of development that they didn't know what to show you and they didn't realize that they were going to hit this date. And, and I think the third most likely thing is that they're just I, I honestly think EA wants to put this out somewhat silently like and and not make the big deal about it that they made out of Mass Effect 2, especially in Mass Effect 3 um, in this in, in order to gain back i think some of that trepidation surrounding the game and be like we'll just we'll just show you and yeah, then yeah. and then the, and then the word will spread i mean I the original mass effect the original mass effect was not the original mass effect was big but it was not this phenomenon that it was with two and especially three yeah. i remember i remember i wrote the guides for all three of those games people liked mass effect people were excited about it, but it wasn't this major jump until two and i expect that they might be following the same trend now with andromeda 2 you assume two and a half years. I mean, it'd be awesome if that's what, that's how it all, it's all the best case scenario. And it is just like, no, we know this is going to sell. We don't need to go out and promote it. We don't need to do these giant preview events. We don't need to show you everything. You're going to buy it. We're going to put it out and it's going to be awesome. And if that's the case, we get that fucking thing in March and it's amazing. That's going to be one of the biggest success stories in quite some time for EA. We shall see. We shall see. We shall. Number six, Injustice 2, NetherRealm Studios follow-up to the mega-popular fighter Injustice, finally has a release date. WB confirmed the release date earlier teased by NetherRealm's Ed Boon. The date is May 16th, 2017. So Injustice 2, May 16th. Good. Number seven, this is a weird one. Fighting. Polygon has pointed out a rather interesting factoid. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutants in Manhattan, the game released not even a year ago by Platinum Games and published by Activision, has been pulled from all digital storefronts, including PlayStation Store. The game is still available to purchase at retail, however, at least for the time being. While it's currently unknown why the game has disappeared after only seven or so months on the market, Polygon speculates that the culprit could be license-related, similar to problems Activision published games from Spider-Man to Deadpool, also uh, in card. Um, This is a weird one. This comes on top of... I don't think this has anything to do with Platinum. Uh, TMNT, by all accounts, was not a very good game. Uh, But... Platinum is just falling off a fucking cliff. Sure. Now, this is happening at the same time that Nier Automata is, which is going to, you know, they're doing with Square Enix for PS4 and PC, is getting a lot of buzz with its very positive demo. But today, when we, we, it's not on our news, but, you know, Scalebound is canceled now for Xbox One, which was the big open world. Oh, he wears headphones and he's got a dragon. And it's, and it's a Kamiya game, too. So it's it's really their their top team making this game. And they, Microsoft just pulled the plug on it. Um, you know, it was announced uh, over two years ago. It was a development for obviously longer than that. And uh, I don't know what's going on over a platinum, and it's it's thing it's something I kind of want to investigate. On uh, Colin was right, and I might do that in the coming weeks. But um, I, I just thought that that was an interesting story that they're just pulling this game. It's worth noting that uh, games do disappear off of digital storefronts and then return when the mm-hmm. licensing uh, happens, and that Activision is typically at the center of this because they're the ones making these big licensed games. But um, an interesting thing to float out there is the last time I remember this happening with Activision and them having these games pulled was when all the Marvel games came down because Marvel was, a, their licenses were up and then they got acquired by Disney. So if Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles gets bought by Disney, you heard it here first. Anything's possible. That's enough. All things are possible. I was kind of disappointed about that because I, I knew it wasn't very good, but I kind of wanted to play it. Did you not, you don't, you never had it? Do I got you a code for that a long time? I, maybe I do have a code. You have that redeemed, I'm sure. Number eight. Rhyme, the puzzle adventure game that was previously a PlayStation 4 exclusive before being suddenly dropped by Sony, an extremely rare move, 
has been re-revealed as promised. Tequila IGN works. has a scoop on the game describing it as, quote, a single-player puzzle adventure about discovery experienced through the eyes of a young boy who awakens on a mysterious island after shipwrecking off its coast. Players must navigate the island's secrets by making use of light, sound, perspective, and even time. Inspired by the rugged, sun-baked terrain of the Mediterranean coast, Ryan paints its breathtaking world with a fusion of vibrant colors and moving musical undertones to set the stage for the deeply personal journey that awaits within, end quote. It was back in March of 2016 that the developer Tequila Works revealed that, it's rece- that it received the game's IP back from Sony, and later in the year, the developer revealed the game's publisher and its release year, which would be 2017. All still seems to be on track for that release year, though we'll have to wait and see. IGN should have more information on the game throughout this month. The game is no longer PS4 exclusive, however, as it will launch on Xbox One and Nintendo Switch as well. Lord Vader, rhyme. Rhyme. And some interesting anecdotal stuff going on about that game earlier last year. Uh, people might remember we talked about it on the show, but you can go read about it, about how the Sony maybe might have actually just gone to Killworks and just took Taking all the, the debugs back. Yeah. You're uh, done. I have no promise that that game is going to be any good, but we'll find out. Uh, Sony doesn't typically drop games unless they're going to be mediocre. And again, the last time I can remember them doing this openly was with Remember Me. Um, which people would remember was supposed to be a PlayStation 3 exclusive that Capcom then then came in and saved. And thank God they did because Don't Nod would have lost everything and then Don't Nod would have never made Life is Strange, which is a very big game for I them. I don't want to live in that alternate history. Number nine. It's an updated version of the original Shenmue coming. Seems so if TSSZnews.com's discovery of some Sega-owned internet domains is any indication. Mm. The website learned that Sega Europe registered the domain ShenmueHD.com. Twitter user SegaBits then added that Sega Europe has also secured the misspelled domain ShenmueGame.com as well as the rather telling ShenmueRemastered.com. Sega has yet to comment on the existence of this game. It seems like it's pretty obvious, but we'll see. You'd think so, right? It got a lot of buzz when they put out the Kickstarter or whatever. We have Shenmue And uh, the wrap-up, number 10. Firewatch, the narrative-based adventure game, also known as a walking simulator, has officially surpassed a million units sold across all platforms, including PlayStation 4. Congratulations. Slightly Mad Studios, the team behind Project Cars, revealed that Project Cars 2 2 is slated to come out September-ish of 2017. Disney Infinity may be no more, but Disney had originally planned to continue the series, at least through the launch of Star Wars Rogue One spinoff. Kotaku spoke to a source that indicates multiple figures were coming to Disney Infinity 3.0. That development of the game portion at developer Ninja Theory was still early, but that the work on the toys was just about done. Um, and there's some pictures that Kotaku cool. can check out as well. Um, so that is it for the news. Uh, I'm going to go poop. Okay. Hey, everybody. It's me, Greg Miller. How are you? No, no, that's not how. Is, has, is that how the show? Is that how the show has ever been run? Where we cut when somebody walks away? It's me, Greg. Pleasure to be here with you. Usually, I got to go deal with the water man, but now it's Colin dealing with a different kind of water man, the toilet bowl water man. What do you mean it's not a thing, Kevin? If we make it a thing, it's a fucking thing. Ah, I can do whatever I want, Kevin. Time you understood that. Let's see, there's a question in here. Here we go. I'll jump into this one. All right. If you want your question read. P.S. I love you. XOXO. You can go to kindoffunny.com slash PSQ. The cues for questions. Just like Luke at me did. Luke at me. Luke at me says, hey guys, it's just me. Colin's pooping. I'm about to jump into the Metal Gear saga and was hoping for some advice from an expert like Greg. What order should I play the games in and which ones can I watch on YouTube? I have had Metal Gear Solid 4 forever and I'm about to finally buy 5. Also, do I need to play Revengeance or any of the other spinoffs? Thanks, Luke. P.S. I love the show. P.S. I love you, Luke. So, first off, what can I watch on YouTube? You could watch it all on YouTube. Don't you want to experience this? What are you doing? Watch it all on YouTube. I'm going to tell you right now, play them in the order they are released. Period. Full stop. The problem is if you start jumping around, you're like, all right, cool. I'm going to go play 
Metal Gear Solid 3, and then I'll play Peace Walker, and then I'll play Metal Gear 1 or whatever, or 5, you know what I mean, but you, I'm jumping ahead there. Basically, I'm saying if you get to Metal Gear Solid 1 after playing more recent ones, you're going to be like, holy shit, does this game suck? Because it obviously controls like a PlayStation 1 game did. Now, you could go play Twin Snakes. We had this argument, of course, on the Kind of Funny Games cast. Twin Snakes, I think, breaks it with the first person mode, but still really fun, still really enjoyable, and it feels more modern. So if you want to do that, I'll allow it. But I think you should go play them in order that they're released on their original platforms. I'm saying, I'm, I mean, you can play obviously you play the PS1 version on you know your PSP or whatever. Now, play them in order. Go that way. So you want to go with the one? Well, and then I mean, God, do you want to jump in? I I don't think you need to go full on crazy and go back and play Metal Gear, yeah. the MGX plus slash NES one, right, Kev? You don't need to do that. That you don't need to worry about. Maybe read that one on Wikipedia if you want. Just an old 8-bit game. You don't have to worry too much about it. But if you want to go balls out, go ahead and get the Metal Gear Solid 3. What was it? Um, subsistence, was it, right? Or Because there, there was Metal Gear Solid 2 subsistence, and there was 3 subsistence. Anyways. No, no, it was something else. Then get out of my fucking head while I'm talking, Kevin. Well, we're talking we're not, they can't hear you because, as always, your mic's off, and you're leaning away from your thing, and you just think you can do it. You're a piece of garbage. You could do it that way. I don't think you need to. IMO. So go do that. Play through. Now, do you need to play the spinoffs? Fuck no. Now, but is, are we talking about the right spinoffs here? I'm talking about Portable Ops. I'm talking about Acid. I'm talking about uh, Revengeance. No, you don't need to play those. What, Kevin? If you're going to get involved, Kevin, you got to lean into your microphone. Peace Walker, of course, not a spinoff. You need to play that one. That is very important to what will happen in Ground Zeroes, what will happen in Metal Gear Solid Five. If you go in there, you don't know who Chico is. You don't know who Paz is. You don't know Dr. Strangelove. Actually, you probably don't need to know Dr. Strangelove. Not that important. But Chico, pause, incredibly important. See what I'm saying here? This is the problem. So you got to stick it out. And you got to do that one. <sighs> I don't know. I've had Metal Gear Solid 4 forever, and I'm about to buy 5. Why are you buying 5 if you haven't played any of the other ones yet? Is 5 on sale right now? Because then I would understand. But I don't think it is. But here's what I want you to do. I want you to play them. I want you to play them in the order they were released. I want you to tell us which version of Metal Gear Solid 1 you're playing as well. A lot of people hate Twin Snakes. I don't hate Twin Snakes. Don't think it's as good as the original, but of course the original has a special place in my heart. Just put it out there. Rob Paulson, Gray Fox, in Twin Snakes. In Twin Snakes. I don't think he's in the original. Google that for me, Kev. Pretty sure I'm right on that one, though. Are you Googling or are you just still swiping on your, your thing there? It doesn't look like you're Googling. I know Rob Paulson is Gray Fox in Twin Snakes. You know that, like, video games, like, what, what, look at it. IMDb? Where do you want me to look at this? You could do that. You could put Rob Paulson and Gray Fox and see what hits up. I mean, it's very simple. Google kind of fills in the gaps for you. You don't have to worry so much. <sighs> oh, my life is so hard. I'm Kevin Coelho. So yeah, do that. Everybody let me know if I gave them the right advice. Over at kindoffunny.com slash PSQ. The Q's for questions. This is PS I love you, XOXO. Kevin, what have you been playing lately? Nothing. I actually just got my PS4 back. Yeah. I guess I played. You played VR stuff. I saw. Yeah, I played like maybe thirty minutes of. uh, What's the game for VR? The Drive Club. Yeah. Drive Club VR. Fuck, man. I'm not a big fan of Drive Club VR. Like the Drive Club games. Oh, okay. Um, Project Cars. Yeah. Much better. Yeah. But you enjoyed what you did in Drive Club. So good. Yeah. Yeah. I I can't wait for Gran Turismo Sport because that's gonna have a VR component. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. But Jesus, it's so much fun. Um, very uncomfortable. Like I have the wheel. Yeah. Very uncomfortable. I had it on a little like nightstand, and like you couldn't turn too fast because it, it would knock the nightstand yeah, over. I, exactly. 
But uh, what an experience. If only we had a sled for you. Yeah, if only. If only. I sent that email that I don't worry. You keep looking. I want to know Rob Paulson, Gray Fox. I know for sure Twin Snakes. And I said for sure just thinking I know that. Mastodon. Twin Eagles. Huh? Greg Eagles was the other. In the original. Yeah. And P- P- Paulson is Gray Fox in uh, Twin Snakes. Yeah. Just making sure. Nailed it. There you go. Greg Eagles. Didn't actually look at that. What's that part? Huh? What'd you say there? Nothing. I said it right, though. Greg Eagles, Metal Gear Solid 1. All right, cool. Next question comes from Mastodon23 over at KindOfFunny slash PSQ. He says, what's up, Colin and Greg? Wait for Greg to respond or not. And then he uses the emoticon of me freaking out because no one's ever said that. It's always wait for Colin. How'd that go? Oh, man. You winded? A little bit. Took it out of you? It was one of those... Kevin, get on the mic real quick. It was one of those... It was one of those poops that... No matter how much you wipe, oh, I hate no. those. It just it takes so much effort to make sure that God, it's awful. you're clean. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. The one where it's kind of like uh, like a soft serve kind of yeah, texture no, to it. We know that one. We know that one. Yeah. And then you got to use a, a lot of toilet paper. And no matter you feel like because you know you wipe your butt once or twice a day your whole life, right? Yeah. And you feel like you yeah. really know yourself well you enough do. to be like it's kind of close. And I usually go one or two extra wipes with clean. You know the toilet paper is clean, and I'm like, all right, we're good to go. But this is one of the ones where you think you're done. And then you go back in. And no matter how deep you go inside the anus or the toilet paper, it just doesn't stop. Now, have you started at all moving into these wet naps thing? The Matt Scarpino. I like them. When they're available, I will use them. Yeah. Did you want me to order them for the office? Yeah, sure. That'll be fantastic. Yeah, we should get those. Yeah, for sure. Thank you. We can't flush them, though. We'll have to use a little trash can. Well, so my mom had ones uh, at her house when I was there for Thanksgiving that you can, they're flushable. Oh, okay. I don't trust it, though. I feel like those are, no matter what, it's going to fuck up your toilet. Well, that's why we got the water, man. Do we got a plunger? Do we got a plunger? If we own a plunger. I don't think we own a plunger in there, but you can order that too when you order the wet naps. Or you know what I mean? The butt wipes. So, I mean, I feel a lot lighter. I feel a lot better now. A little rumble in the tummy. Because I forgot when I was in an Uber on the way here, I had them stop at Grubbin on the way. So I got a sandwich. <sighs> then I, that Grubbin you know, sauce. Over and then, yeah, then I came down here. Now, did you have the Uber wait or did you end the trip? No, I ended the trip. Way? And then, which was, you know, I could have called it in and probably kind of timed it. But yeah. I feel like when I have Too an Uber driver, parts. but then sometimes Uber driver doesn't like waiting. No. They get a little upset about that. Yeah. Like you know. they got somewhere else to be. Yeah. Like, You're fucking driving. Calm down. So I called another one from Tarabelle to have him bring me here. Real quick, I'll finish Mastodon 23's question here. He says, what happened to the donation of PlayStation Vitas that people weren't using? I'd like one. Thanks. Mastodon 23, you're a piece of shit. Just like a whole bunch of you that claim to be fans, but you're all fake fucking fans. Because I tweeted out, hey, we got our first two Vita relocation, or three Vita relocation things. I showed a picture of the Vitas, and then it was like, oh, how do I get one? How are you ignoring kindoffunny.com slash Vita relocation program? There is an awesome video about it on kindoffunny.com. There is a website about it. If you want one of these, get in the fucking back of line. Because a bunch of people didn't screw it up. And they went to kindoffunny.com slash Vita relocation program, where they put their name on the roster to get these Vitas. Now, the rest of you, are you fucking kidding me? Number one PlayStation podcast in the world. Only three Vitas have been sent. And a lot of you were responding on Twitter when I put up the original video saying, hey, oh, this is dumb. Why would I send this in if I could trade it in for money at GameStop? Here's my response. Why the fuck haven't you? The Vita relocation program stems from the fact so many people were like, hey, I have this Vita collecting dust. Lol, no, no games on the Vita. And then we're over here saying the Vita is fucking awesome. And it's got a lot of great games. So you're all fucking hypocrites. If your Vita is in a drawer right now gathering dust, either sell it off and fucking be a person of your word or send it in and help people and try to redeem your fucking soul before Lola shows up, bites your jugular, and fucking Shuhei sends you to Vita Hell. 
We haven't even told you about Vita Hell yet. That's you in season three of PSI Love You XXX.com slash Vita Relocation Program. When you find well, when you find Lola on a hatch in the ground on a desert island. <laughs> hey, quick shout out, by the way. Yeah. TV show wise. Yeah. Just one more time. That show Colony. You're still like everyone gotta be watching that show. The other thing, uh, watched about half of Westworld now. Okay. Very intrigued. See, now here's this is uh, we got you actually had a good game response, so I didn't get into it. I thought originally when we were talking about being in the right mood from It's That Dave in the beginning of the show, Westworld is one I thought might come up as not a game, but a TV show. Because you started it, you weren't into it, and then you, but you kept saying, maybe I wasn't in the right mindset. Well, I, 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 it's one of those things where, listen, sometimes people are wrong, right? Everyone liked Breaking Bad, and that show was terrible. But the, but, Typically, when a show wins a lot of awards, has a lot of accolades, it's got to be a reason for it, right? And I said that thing about Breaking Bad just to annoy you, by the way, and I know you're very annoyed. Not oh, you. me? No, not oh, just okay. a lot of people out there. I don't like Breaking Bad. No, I don't. But Westworld's got such accolades. It's like Game of Thrones, right? Like, I've, yeah. I've fallen off of Game of Thrones, but I would never, because I'm just like, I don't know what the fuck's even going on anymore. But, and I don't think, I think George it Martin caught, even it, has it any It finally caught up to real time. But, uh, oh, so now it's in tw- 2017? Yeah. It's interesting. Uh, but when a show gets enough accolades, there's got to be some sort of reason where there's smoke, there's fire. You know what I mean? Mad Men's one of the great shows of all time. It got accolades in the Emmys and the Gold Globes, whatever it was, every fucking year. Of course it did, because it's yeah. fucking awesome. The same with Veep, the same with all these shows that are great right now. So I like it. It's interesting. I feel like I know where it's going. By the way, Colony, the guy also know where it's going. You okay. We're good. Thank you. Back to you, Colin. Uh, did what, we finish the news? The news is done. All right, cool. I'm excited for Mass Effect Andromeda, but that's a ways out. If I want to know what was in Mom and Grop shops digitally and brick and mortar, where would I go? Let me tell you something else about the toilet paper we have real quick. Yeah, sure. It's great. Oh. Is it Angel Soft? No. Use your microphone. You're getting involved here. What? I'm sorry, Kevin. It's so hard yeah, for you I not said, to ruin a show. I said no. I said no. Yeah, but I can tell you were warm enough to say something else. No, I was thinking, what is it? I'm going to go find out. And that's exactly what I know. I know. I, here's the thing about Kevin. Kevin is... Probably a 1975 Ford pickup truck parked in front of a house in fucking Nebraska, and it's January 14th. It's freezing. You got to get out there. You got to turn the car on and let it warm up. So when I see him say no, that's him turning on the engine, and then I see it all. I see the smoke, you know, the exhaust coming out the back. I see fucking Paul out there scraping the ice off the window. They know he's trying. He's about to try to do something, but we got to give him a second to be warmed up. Right, right. So don't come over here. You're a slow, Kevin. (laughs) He's warming up. It's different. Quilted Northern. Quilted Quilted Northern, Northern, huh? Because I go with the Angel Soft delivered, and you know, I got to be honest with you. I I got the, the paper towels delivered over the break. Uh, to the house. Uh, Bount- uh, Bounty was our typical go-to. Mm-hmm. Brawny I went with, oh. but I'm a little disappointed in the Brawny specifically because I don't feel like I'm getting as much yardage huh. out of each roll that okay. I was getting out of the okay. Bounty. Okay. You know? Because so. you, I, I like it when you get the paper towels and you got to really fucking fight them into the thing. You put the roll in there and this the, roll... The Kirkland ones are the ones that... Oh, the, yeah. Kirkland, nobody's fucking with. Come on. You get those, you pick that bitch, bitch up. You got to take a few off before you put it on the goddamn thing. Do you think paper towels would have any value in like the in the apocalypse... If, like, I had a warehouse full of paper towels, could I trade that for, like, salt or, uh, you know, beef jerky or something of this nature? Yeah, but I think you're going to have to be given a lot of paper towels for that stuff. It could be. Oh, totally. But nobody would use it for that. It would be be more for, yeah, cleaning yourself. Just to get a fire going or whatever, you can kind of get it lit and then just kind of... Like, what use would the paper towels have in the apocalypse? I mean, absorbing stuff. 
No, like the fanciest of fancy, you know, like the kingpins, the people who are ruling things, they're wiping their ass with paper towels. Oh, okay. You know? That's fair Toilet enough. Toilet paper's going to go fast. Paper towels, close second. Sure. We'd move to reusable toilet paper, wouldn't we? Reusable toilet paper. You could use rags and then go to the water and just... Your kid grows out of the their clothes. You start using it as shit paper and then you go and you clean it up. You wash it in the thing. I would just scrub my... You know, sometimes I like pooping and just getting right into the shower. No. Yes. Yes. You don't actually do that. Yeah, sometimes if it's a little messy. That sounds 100% correct. Do you don't do this sometimes? No, I've never not if, not if it's a messy thing, but what you're talking about is like when you're cleaning your butt. And you want it to be spick and span. You're in there. You're doing stuff. You're addressing the situation. If I want to get a shower, it's one wipe in there, and I don't care. I mean, if I had, well, that that's I'm going to take care of this in a second, right? Exactly. But what I'm saying is, like, you know, you poop, and you're like, and you have a feeling in your mind, this is not going to be any good. And then you wipe, and you're like, oh no! This is and you just have to take, man. and you just immediately take your clothes off and just. How get right refreshing the is it though to wipe your butt and you look at the toilet paper and it's just clean? You're like, man, that's awesome. I, I like a good, I like like a good clean poop. I find it a little unsatisfactory as well. I sure. mean, it's part of the process, but. Yeah, there are times, the most disappointing thing is when you take a shower and then you poop. Yeah, you fucked it all up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And once in a while, when you poop, when you're taking a shower. (laughs) (laughs) Smashing it down the drain. What's happening in the mom and grab shot? Arcade Archives Neo Geo Fatal Fury comes to PlayStation 4 Digital. This is a Thursday release. Fatal Fury is a fighting game launched in 1991 by SNK. Players take part in brutal street fights in a variety of locations with the goal of topping the infamous crime lord, Geese Howard. Oh, Geese Howard's a bitch. The game included very unique features when compared to other fighting games available at the time, including a special line battle system that allowed players to traverse between the foreground and background. Not exactly a new feature of uh, side-scrolling brawlers in 1991, but thank you. As Divine Hearts, which I think looks pretty interesting, comes to PlayStation 4, PlayStation 3, and PlayStation Vita Digital. Says one year ago, the world of As Divine was enveloped by a brilliant flash of light. Since that time, the influence of Shadow has continued to grow ever more powerful across the face of the land. As Divine Hearts boasts plenty of subquests, a battle arena, treasure to dig for, and an enemy guide to complete. How far can you level, and how many millions of damage points can you dish out? Now it's that last sentence that really bothers me. I hate it the millions. Like I hate Disgaea. that shit. It man. sounds like Disgaea, right? Why? Why? Just divide it by a number and make all of the hit points fewer. That's what I loved about Dragon Quest. When you start playing Dragon Quest, you do like seven damage. To enemies, I'm like, yes, that's perfect. Thank you. Millions of damage. Who gives a shit? Hatsune Miku. I think that's how you say it. Project Diva Future Tone Ooh. comes to PlayStation Four Digital. Explore the infinite world of Hatsune Miku through the most comprehensive Project Diva game ever released. Hatsune Miku Project Diva Future Tone Prelude. I'm sorry, it's Prelude. Comes with two songs and modules to customize. To unlock the full potential of Future Tone, purchase two packs bursting with 220 songs, Future Sound, and Colorful Tone. Oh, you gonna buy those? There's not a fucking prayer in hell of me uh, buying that. Life of Black Tiger comes to PlayStation 4. It's digital and it's a Thursday release. We just run out of we just run out of titles. The they're, they, they're just going to random title generators now. Wait until you hear the next one. What is this one? Project Black Tiger? Yeah, just wait until you hear the next one. Though. The next oh, one's even better. Jesus. Life of Black Tiger. The Life story of, of a black tiger born as a variant and abandoned by his parents and brothers fights against human human fights against human and shows his love to his family. You can have a vivid and realistic experience set in jungle, field, and forest. Acting as a cruel hunter in the vast plains and fields, players are thrown into a fight against human beings and other beasts of prey. Yikes. Project Black Tiger. No. Life of Black Tiger. Okay. Planet 2000 comes to PlayStation 4 Digital. This is a Friday release. Experience futuristic vehicular combat in this fast-paced strategy game. 
Assemble your team from a crew of fully realized AI companions. As you take part in epic land battles, your objective is to destroy, destroy the enemy's base before they destroy yours. Now, look at the art. Look at this woman in the art. What the fuck? <laughs> you want to sky cam it? You're not, it's going to be really hard. Go ahead and try it. This is just a photo of a fucking woman. She, oh, no, she's just not even... She's in a black tank top. Photo of a woman, and they just the opacity <laughs> they just dialed down. The op what does that have to do with anything? I gotta play this game now to see if she's in it. Planet 2000 sounds like a PS1 game. Great. Spheroids comes to PlayStation 4 and PlayStation Vita. It's digital and it is cross by. In Spheroids, you take control of Lucas, a jumpy Canadian boy who sets out on an adventure with his crazy scientist companion Otto after it's discovered that the government has been hiding alternate universes from the cubic world they live in. That is a long sentence, guys. Unfortunately, these alternative universes contain spheres that wish to turn everything around. So it's up to Lucas to save the world from these dangerous aliens, the spheroids. Now, is it a long sentence? Yes. But did it make sense at least? It, also it made did. sense. So but, I, like, come on now. But also we're understand we're grading on a curve yeah, in the true. drop. That's true. That's, that's basically war and peace when it comes to the drop. So we appreciate you. <laughs> <laughs> that's basically a Dickens fucking work. Of compared to compared to the write up for Black read, Tiger Man, Life of Black Tiger. Tiger, of Black Tiger. Go ahead and read that again, just so they understand where we're going from. The story of Black Tiger. I'm sorry. The story of a Black Tiger, born as a variant and abandoned by his parents and brothers, fights against human and shows fights his love. Fights against human is all it says. And shows his love to his family. You can have a vivid and realistic experience set in jungle, field, and forest. Acting as a cruel hunter in the vast plains and fields, players are thrown into a fight against human beings and other beasts of prey. Silvio comes to PlayStation 4 Digital. It's out on Friday. Silvio is a psychological horror game set in a tranquil, disturbing atmosphere. Ghost recorder Juliet Waters trespasses into an abandoned family park shut down since a landslide in 1971. The voices of the deceased captured on her reel-to-reel -reel recorder reveals a tale of an evil curse in a wicked family cult currently living in the park. That sounds interesting. What was it called again? Silvio. Silvio. S-Y-L-V-I-O. And Xeno Raid is the final game. It is on Vita, and it is digital. Xenoraid is an intense scrolling shoot 'em up with dynamic combat, classic action gameplay with modern features like procedurally driven missions, fighter switching, and squadron management make Xenoraid a fresh and thrilling shooter. And that is it for the week. Pick of the week, gotta be Planet 2000. I was gonna say it's gotta be Life of Black Tiger. <laughs> Life of Black Tiger. <laughs> gotta see what's up there, and then I gotta, I will play Planet 2000 to see where this woman is evolved. If she's not in the very beginning, is like a Zordon telling me what the hell's going on. No, I gotta, not gonna like it. Colin? Yeah. Time for Talk of the Show. Mm, uh, this Topic of the Show comes from kindoffunny.com slash PSQ, where Javier Bonet, 1027, wrote in and says, Greetings, Greg and Colin. Why is sexual content a sensitive subject for people in video games? When Watch Dogs 2... Yep. When Watch Dogs 2, two guys were banned for posting a nude woman from the waist down. We are desensitized to killing in games and has become a standard in many shooters and other genres, but why is sex such a big deal? God of War, Dante's Inferno, and Heavy Rain all have nudity. We're all here because people had sex, but as soon as it's in a game, people freak out. Also... The sexual content in games isn't anywhere near as graphic as porn. Seeing as this will be read on, on the episode 69, I figured this topic would be right. I'd love to have your thoughts. Thank you for all, and I wish you guys the best in 2017. Javier from Florida. Now, sexual content is, an, is, is broad. 
I think when he's talking about, you know, for watchdogs posting a nude woman from the waist down. Interesting question, because, of course, the thing was that it was rendered a vagina. That it wasn't like, hey, we're looking and there's no underwear and they're like Jessica Rabbit or something in this Disney flick, right? It's that, no, somebody went in there and actually put a vagina in there. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, Colin. The hullabaloo there is the fact that that wasn't reported to the ESRB because a, d- a designer hid that in there or fucked around, was joking around, probably most likely. And that's the real crux of the problem there. Also, the fact that that's not the kind of game Ubisoft is making. Because when I think about that, when he, it, when he brings it up, I'm like, yeah, it's a good question. And like, oh, wait, why is it such a big deal that this woman's genitals were shorn when in the Order 1886 I got this guy's fucking dick flopping around? And, and you know, about a gay Tony, there's this dick flopping around. There's, there's dicks in games. I mean, I'm used to the dicks. Why would the vagina be such a big deal? But I think it's just the fact of this wasn't reported correctly, and that's why it's a big deal. And also, we're scared of vaginas. Which we is are scared of vaginas. Part. No one knows what's going on inside. <clears throat> I have no evidence to presume that they even exist. (laughs) Uh, No, I I think, you know, I think on a more deeper and philosophical level, I feel like, and I've talked about this many times, I think on the show and then certainly in personal, in my personal life, I feel like sexual content doesn't often add anything to games and Mm. and add anything to movies or TV shows. I actually find sex scenes, let's say sex scenes per se, as generally unnecessary uh, filler that doesn't advance any sort of plot. And we've talked about this, I think, pretty pretty extensively on some show I remember talking about. I think it's GOG where we talked about it being in in TV shows. Yeah, like I I just, I I think sexuality is important. We all have sexual side to us. Um, You know, I'm certainly, uh, you know... uh, You're a beast. I'm a beast uh, in the bedroom, but... Uh, I find it quite cringeworthy, and on, uh, even when it's, you know it's, it's hot. I mean, watching that kind of stuff can be hot, but I find it quite cringeworthy and unnecessary when I see it in a lot of like you know. I like the more um, uh, I like it referenced as opposed to or just shown in, a, in, in some sort of yeah, shown in some sort of passing way as opposed to like a uh, five minute sex scene. I'm like, this is what is the point of, well, that's the, of the, showing this? It's like it's like when you see someone shot in a movie, you typically don't see the bullet go through their head and then them fall to, I mean sometimes you do but fall to the ground the blood ekes out of them like you just see a person shot yeah, you and you know blank. that the guy's fucking dead yeah. it's the same kind of thing it's like we don't need to see all I this feel like we for get the most the point. part what you're talking about is especially when we're talking about the 80s right go watch Terminator and the Kyle Reese Sarah Connor sex scene goes on way too long and, can, and even Time Cop when Jean-Claude Van Damme fucks the girl from Ferris Bueller's Day Off his wife in the movie uh, it's just like Man, this is going on in a very awkwardly long time, which is weird to watch with my parents. You know what I mean? It's one of those things where I think that nowadays, for the most part, similar to what you're saying with the bull going through the head, for the most part, they don't linger on that unless that's the that's the crux of the issue. You know what I mean? In terms of it's like Fifty Shades of Grey or something. If that's the whole point, then maybe they're going to linger on it. Whereas now it is hopefully a camera pan to the side and this, that, and the other, and you understand what's happening because who the fuck does need to see people going at it? And being right. There? I mean, it, it really is a similar thing. It's like the the you know the idea of two people having sex in a show or in a, in a movie or in a game could be like these two people love each other and look how passionate they are. And it's like, okay, like I actually think Telltale Batman did a pretty nice job. Hell with yeah, it, really good uh, job with uh, Bruce Wayne and and uh, well, Selena Kyle. I don't know if that's a spoiler, but fuck but, you, you should have played it by now. Uh, but I think they did a really nice job of it because it's, it alludes to a, a situation with them and, 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 and it's, attention to them. It's but it's the same thing of like saying like like because people would say, and I've had a, a conversation with people where they're like, it shows their passion for each other. It shows, and I'm like, but we get it. 
just like when the bullet goes through the guy's head, the guy murdered him. We get it. We don't yeah. need to see every gratuitous detail of the death. We don't need to see every passionate detail of the sex. And that, get to the narrative and the dialogue, which advances stories. You and know? that was the thing with the Batman in particular, the Telltale's Batman, right? And yeah, I guess minor spoilers, but you could have made different choices. But leaving the club after the fight with her, you know, when we're fighting the other people in episode two, I, I always tell a story of getting out there and being like, that was fucking awesome. Wow. Where was I, I, you know, as role playing Bruce Wayne and that making all my choices, we were so connected or whatever. And so when it says, do you want to kiss her? I lean in to kiss her. And then to get to the moment. Yeah. Where they hook up in her apartment. If you go that way, it, I thought it was 20 times more sexy to, you know, for, to, for a quick kiss and then her to be like, you know, help me with this thing unzipper costume a little bit and then go to the bedroom and that's it. Like, I don't need to see them all these like two models like mashing together. You wait, you didn't get in your decision. You didn't get one. Bruce Wayne took his balls and just plopped it right on her forehead. <laughs> I thought that was so sick. Isn't going to so sexual woman. And it just, it advanced the plot so much when you, when you heard the, of this of the, the balls fish. hitting the yeah, yeah yeah hitting their forehead. Well, it's funny too because he brings up you know uh, there's you know, blah 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 blah. Uh, why is sex such a big deal? Uh, God of War, Dante's Inferno, and Heavy Rain all have nudity. Heavy Rain has a sex scene in it if mm-hmm. you go that way with Madison Page, which I did. Let me tell you because I liked Madison so much and I wanted to see them together. But again, that was one I remember at the time even was walking that line of being awkward because those models weren't met for that. And so it is that like awkward thing of the models being on top of each other, but then it did do the fade away. And it was, I didn't, it's like, not like there wasn't a choice that popped up in Ethan's head of like be on top missionary leave. Well, that's what I was going to say. It seems Wear like, a, it seems like a quantum dream. It's like, you know, like if you, you know, it's like grab own dick, grab her boobs. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe a little more sense in, in those games. But yeah, no, I, so I, I think people are sensitive. I think, so it's, it's, it's a, it's a juxtaposition of, I think that um, uh, society has um, over-sexualized itself to a large extent. I know that that sounds like kind of prudish to a lot of people, but I just think that sexuality is just way overplayed. I think it makes people feel bad about themselves. And um, I think it's a private thing that people experience in their own ways. Uh, but that is juxtaposed against the idea that we also have ta- made sex into a, t- a taboo, which brings us into things like this. But it is nowhere near as bad as it was 10, 20, 30, And this is 50, the whole argument, too, ago. of course, that when we talk about European cultures, right, where sex and nudity for them, not nearly a big deal. That's on TV, no big deal. But violence is such a huge issue. Right, right. And that, so I think this is a uniquely American problem to have, too, in terms of how this goes, but then affects the video game industry because we're so many games. Right, it's kind of like in the United States how we like work hard and do a lot and they right, take and else, for six months a year. Exactly. It's they, just one of those things that is very smoke different. smoke breaks, their wine in France, they right. ain't working, they ain't putting a full They go bag. home for lunch. Yeah, exactly. They go home, make, bake a baguette. <laughs> But on their little beret. the great French tradition of baking your own baguette <laughs> up for lunch. It's very time consuming, but they, that's what they do. They man. believe in that. But no, eating the dough. I think, and I think part of this whole argument too is the fact that games, for better or worse, and where we are now, still stem from being a toy and being for children. And violence getting more and more graphic obviously has been a touchstone and a problem when you talk about GTA and Jack Thompson and all these different things and, you know, having to go to Congress and stuff, but violence in video games has always been there, right? Whether it is Mario stomping on a mushroom or whatever, what do you call them? Goombas? It's a Goomba. Dorks. Uh, when is that or to that, but Mario wasn't fucking the princess. You know what I mean? That wasn't happening. He didn't have the confidence. I, I know. The mushrooms couldn't get him big enough to do that. Also, the princess in the original Super Mario Brothers looks like she's Hideous. missing a chromosome. So <laughs> Mario might not. Mario might, might have been taken aback. Yeah, there's a <laughs> comic about that, right? Where he's like, "Whoa!" and she's like, "Whoa!" What did you expect me to look like? Maybe that was actually was that Altano and Drucker out up at new. I don't know. Whatever. I know there's been jokes about it, but I think yeah, part of it is the DNA that 
that's fine. But I think there is every time you see somebody, an older person flip out about video games, it's because they think about a kid playing it. So having these sexual experiences and stuff, it's going to take time. It's Why are her lips so big? <laughs> She's always ready to kiss. She has like her lips are like the size of like half of her face. Hey, you know what? Miyamoto is busy. All right. He's making a whole game. He ain't got time to sit there. Mario heard rumors that this hot princess with with dick sucking lips needed rescue cells, <laughs> but he didn't realize that they were going to absorb his whole body when he when he met her. So he, they had a redesigner. Oh Too my sweet. God. It's a weird episode. It is a weird episode. But yeah, sex is sex, and I think it's one of those things that's weird. And until you're, we're over the uncanny valley thing, and I don't think that the Watchdogs thing is exactly the same either. Because like in the Watchdog, I, I thought it was actually cool. That in cool in terms of like. There's sex in this, but not in a big way of like Marcus like wakes up after that party in, I think in bed with another woman, right? Or in her house or in his underwear or whatever. So it is this whole thing of like, yeah, they, they hooked up last night, but we didn't make a big deal about this. And that wasn't central to who it is. You can infer what happened here and keep moving. Sure. Yeah. What's happening in trophy time? Nothing really. I, I, uh, I have one game pulled up, um, but God, man, it's been slow on PSN profiles. If you go, and Exo Phase is similar. If you go, kept looking for the Gravity Rush too. Yeah, nothing's popping yet. Gravity Rush's trophies aren't up. Resident Evil's trophies aren't up. There's really nothing happening. So, uh, but Tales of Berseria's trophies are up, and these are actually where Japanese trophies that have been translated in American. So those are live on the server. Uh, Thirty-eight bronze, ten silver, two gold, and one platinum. This is the only game we'll talk about today, and this is very similar to a lot of Tales uh, uh, platinums, where it's going to take. It seems like it's going to take a little bit of time, um, and by a little bit, I mean a lot of. Um, so there are trophies galore for doing certain things in the, uh, what seem like main mission things. So there, the first one you get is the beast uncaged. Um, and as people that play tales games know, they always talk about the proof of something, the trophies, the proof. So it's proof of escaping the Island prison. Um, and then there are things for getting, uh, specific arts, specific weapons, specific combos, etc., and so on. So this is going to be a pretty, uh, difficult uh, trophy list to get if you okay. want to do that, especially with the titles, which in Tales games are fucking annoying as hell to get. Um, what are the titles? Titles are like things that you attach to different characters. The, the game, Tales games are very custom, customizable, so you can get a title as like you know the the Berserker or something, and it's like you Berserker. you 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 killed fifty people with your hands, or whatever. And now you get gotcha. plus, but there's like a, a shit ton of them um, traditionally. Um, and there's skill based ones, there's gold based ones, there's side quest based ones, etc. And so on. So you're going to have your hands full with this. But I'm very excited to start getting into this game, and we'll have more information soon. The embargo is not for a couple of weeks, so I will not be able to talk about it um, until around the time it comes out. But uh, you have uh, just a few weeks to wait. Otherwise, there's nothing doing. I can I'll go back to the games one more time just to make sure nothing's been uploaded. Yeah, nothing. I mean, fuck, man. We when we left games like when we left for break games like air race speed were uploaded which is a vita game since then there's only been one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve games uploaded at all in the last four weeks or so the playstation network still waking up from break we finally got clements to get in here stop talking to his kid and uh yeah clements did reach out to us about the the drop let us know that in case you're curious. I mean, we read from the drop today, so it still exists. It's now going up on Fridays instead of on Sundays. Mm, mm, mm. That's good. That's a good idea. You shouldn't have curious. to work work all weekend, you know? I don't know that Ryan Clements works at all. So. Good point. <gasps> Wayne Jetski <laughs> wrote into kindoffunny.com slash PSQ for trophy right. time and says, Hey, Colin, I am writing to you specifically here because I have a game slash trophy suggestion that you in particular simply must play in platinum. The game? Portal 2. 
Before you understandably go running for the hills, I would like to mention a couple things that are crucial to know. Number one, the game is dystopian in nature. Number two, the platinum is easy at 20 hours max with no missables. Number three, you taught me the importance of gathering political news from sources that I may not necessarily agree with. Similarly, playing and platinuming this truly amazing game allows players a chance to fully embrace the challenge and experience one of the last and, and experience one of last generation's greatest games. Number four, most importantly, the trophies are constructed beautifully. Thank you all for the hard work, each and every member of the team. Not enough words or dollars in the world could fully express how much your work means to me and so many others. Best, Wayne Jetski. No, but I appreciate the uh, the recommendation <laughs> nonetheless. Unequivocally, no. Um, I don't. It's funny because he said all that, and I was like, "Man, I played Portal Two. I loved Portal Two, but I never ever thought about platinuming Portal Two. Nah. So I went and looked at the trophies, and like, you get the co op stuff at the bottom. You got to go back and do this. Nah, get the cube here. There's, there's just no. There's a time one of like do this. I'm like, hey, no, that's not gonna happen. I will say though, I don't know if we ever because I know something's been going on in the trophy world with you specifically. We can't really discuss yet. Oh right, in terms yeah, yeah. Of, and uh, I will say something similar now is happening to me as well on the trophy list. Yeah. yeah. So. Uh, we might be affecting trophy lists, changing things up on a couple of games that are right. coming up. They've heard the cries of our consulting. Very exciting. I, uh, yeah, we'll have. I'll have more. I'll have more for that. Yeah, me too. Soon. Ah, uh, another trophy time question here comes from Bioshocking the World. Hello, you lovely sacks of shit. I have a question for trophy time. Do you guys think? Do you, I'm sorry, do you guys ever think about hitting 100 Platinums? Does it matter to you if you do hit it or don't hit it? Do you think you will eventually get there? How confident are you in this milestone, or is it even a milestone to you guys at all? Uh, thank you for all the gaming knowledge and laughs. P.S. I love you long time, and Colin keeps sucking that dick. Bioshocking the world. I will. You're I at 59 stop. now? 59 Platinums. And I'm at 50 flat. Uh, is, is 100? Technically 40, because you got the two IM Mayo Platinums. Sure. Well, I mean, no. Technically, I have the, the Platinum Trophy, so they're there. In terms of their quality, that's a completely different statement. All right, uh, you're the, but you are the platinum hunter. You are the one who wants to platinum a whole bunch of games. Are, is a hundred a milestone you want to hit? Yeah, I think I could probably do it. It depends on how long PlayStation, you know, trophies stick around. I assume that we have a very long time still. Yeah, um, onto the next console and, and yeah, so course, on and so forth. Uh, yeah, I, 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 my whole thing is that I just don't go after easy trophies anymore, or, or I don't play games just to platinum them, and I, I try to enjoy getting trophies without necessarily focusing on the platinum itself a good example of that is battlefield one in which mm -hmm. i got every single player trophy uh and a couple of the multiplayer trophies but i knew full well i was never gonna get the, the, the platinum and i just wanted to get as many of them as possible and, and titanfall 2 is another example where i'm missing only one trophy yes yeah, but i just right there's thing. no way i'm getting that trophy it's just it's just so fucking obnoxious me want to throw my tv out of the fucking window so um i'm not gonna like lose any sleep over that i probably should have more like 70 platinums but there are a few games, like there are a number of games where I'm like one off. Terminator, sure. Salvation was one of them. Um, Godfather Two, I'm missing one, uh, etc. And so on. But I, it's just not that important. I don't even really look. Like the funny thing is, is that I don't ever look at my level, and I don't really ever look at my trophies. I just look at the trophies I'm getting now. Um, like mm -hmm. I never go back and admire the trophies I already got. I just like getting them. Sure. And uh, so. Yeah, I think that that's an achievable kind of thing. Number 60, I don't know what that's going to be yet. Uh, but another good example of what I'm talking about is Tomb Raider. Like, I don't think I'm going to platinum that game, but I'm just trying to get as many of the trophies as possible. One thing that I am focusing on in a major way the last six months or so and continue to focus on is my overall completion rate. Um, <clears throat> and that's tracked on PSM profiles. And what that means basically is 
how on average how many trophies you get in a game like mm. percentage wise and i'm at like 35 and a half percent right now which what is, do you want to get that to? i'd like to get it to like 40 or 50 mm. it's a very slow grind because like i wish that sony would let i understand why sony doesn't let you delete your trophy like get that i mean i told people are like why don't they let you they should i'm like because it would cause absolute fucking chaos if someone got into your gum if someone got in well if someone was like i hacked into your account they just delete all your trophies yeah you'd be happy with that i guess that's why they don't let you delete your fucking trophies but it would be cool if, you know, I liked how they let you delete the 0% ones and they should go further and say like everything under 10% or 5% you can delete um, because that I would get rid of a ton of shit and then my percentage would would increase. There are platinum trophies I get rid of if I could, but it's like I don't want this. I don't know why I have these some of these platinum trophies. I don't want these. I, I want to have a trophy list that I could really stand by and that's what's important to me right now. So, um, But why does it matter if you never go back to admire it? Because I know that those numbers are, cumul- are, are accumulated accumulated uh in a uh uh, a forward manner where when people look at those numbers they know that those are honest numbers and i think that mine are fairly honest i think out of the 59 platinums i have 45 of them or 50 of them are legit platinums but i have cloud of the chance of me balls i'm like i don't know why the fuck i did any of that like it was such a waste you know it was just such a waste of my time um, and I would take those back if I could and have a more honest trophy list. But no, I personally don't go back and admire them. I look at the numbers on my plat- on my trophy list on PSM profiles. A lot of people do look at them. So I want, I want you know, I have like 195,000 views or something on that profile. It's insane. Like, I don't know why anyone cares, but it's, it's, I want when people go there to be like, well, this is, this is actually an honest reflection of the games Colin actually spent time with. Sure. Yeah, for me, I mean, we've had this conversation forever and ever and ever where it's just like, platinums are cool. They're not like my end all be all. I like getting trophies. I don't, like I don't even think about like what a hundred platinums would look like. I think one day I'll probably hit it. Yeah, you'd assume, right? Because if this sticks around through PlayStation Five and Six and whatever, like it's always going to happen. Where there's going to be an Uncharted game, there's going to be when Patapon comes out. Like there's things, everything, the Lego games. Like there are games I love so much that I want to do it and I want to make sure I hit it. But it seems like every time I'm like a game's coming up, I'm like, yeah, I want to try to platinum that. We get to the point where we're not who we were when we were at IGN doing the trophy whoring, where it's like. Yeah, I could keep playing Persona 4 dancing all night, but I've kind of hit, I've kind of maxed out on this, and I don't feel like sitting here and committing and powering through my eh moments with the game to get to the rest of it. Like, I've enjoyed it, I've done my part, and now I can move on. The one thing that I think trophy developers can learn from trophy lists, similar to Titanfall 2, is like really just ridiculous bronze trophy for that speedrun thing, Mm. is is making sure to get rid of trophies like that one or two trophies that stymie people from advancing, like the trophies that are so much harder and more annoying than everything else. And that's one of the major pieces of feedback in the game that I'm 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 kind of like giving feedback with trophies on that I gave, you know, or I will give the team when I deliver my message, which is like there's one or two trophies in here. I'm like these are not going to be fun for anybody. Like this isn't. This isn't fun. You, you don't want to have someone get 95% of your trophies in 25 hours and then play for another 25 hours to get one trophy. That sucks. That's just bad. One bronze. It's yeah. just so dumb. And uh, so that's my major kind of the kind of thing I'm trying to avoid too um, moving forward. But at the same time, uh, I feel like Platinums are fun to achieve and fun to get. I think the system's really kind of solid, way more interesting than achievements, which is why I wasn't into achievements. I was like, it's just numbers. Like, at least there's something here, like a metagame. And uh, it's been eight and a half years since trophies were launched. Hard to believe. I was which t- is Super t- Stardust HD. I tweeted about that today of like, you know, I was I went in to check something else on my PSN profile and saw that I just hit 7,000. It's so weird to see that as like a rounded off number because usually it's some crazy ass figure. And I what did to me was like, man, there's 7,000 since... Being in that room at Access PR with Super Stardust HD, and I think they had Uncharted 2. This is before they were live, obviously. But it was Eric Lampel showing us, like, me and I think, not you, right? It was Roper, I think. Me and Roper went and saw it. 
and seeing this trophy system. And I remember how, how much I did not give a shit about achievements and how much I wasn't like, oh man, we need this for PlayStation. But leaving that meeting and being like, fuck, I'm going to be all up in that. That looks like a lot of fun. It's cool to start from zero. It's cool to have it with our, the, our community, the PlayStation community and have some of that, that shorthand for it. But I also remember when I was starting, well, even you, cause I don't, you were on the PlayStation or before you came on, but I think you were still interested in trophies or whatever, but mainly when me and Roper were doing stuff with trophies, when Will Tuttle was just starting to burn out of achievements because Will Tuttle was the crazy achievement guy. And I remember being like, oh man, I don't understand how you could ever not want to do this like this. And then like years later now, where it's just like, I don't fucking care. Like it's fun and I love it and I want to get platinums, but I'm not going to sit there and hey, here's another shitty fucking game. Like I'm not going to play Wonderbook again and I'm not going to do Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs and I'm not going to do Rango. Like I'm sure Wonder those games Book. still Jeez. exist where you and I sat there and fucking played garbage. But like, oh, you, I mean, you know. I look at all the trophies that come out for games. Yeah, like, yeah. they do exist. Yeah, but uh, I, I am confident in saying, not knowing the list yet, I have no inside information that I, I think I think Horizon is a safe bet for a platinum. Um, oh, for you getting it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. If, they, if they if they fun. do it in a wise way, as long as it is Gorilla's trophy lists are not very good usually. So I'm I'm hoping that they, they and that's my fear is like don't make me replay it again. You know what I mean? It's this giant open world let me go through and have one thing where i can get it all at my leisure and go through but not have to like all right cool now speed run the game mm-hmm. now I'll go through and do this on this difficult that's the thing of the default the dis- disappointing thing about shantae although it's fine I'm, I'm you know they're there yeah it's not like the end of the world and that's the other thing too is like i think that's the whole piece of the puzzle to talk about with us right is the fact of like now that we're older i, I don't begrudge anybody for going out and trying and being crazy about their trophies nor do i if you're the big shantae fan that you're going to go and play that over and over again because you have a connection to that ip and that game and that world that i don't well that's why i platinum shovel knight and everyone's like oh, how did you even do that or why yeah, did you even do that you loved, like, it, right? I loved yeah, it yeah yeah i mean it's not an easy platinum but yeah it, same thing with like uh, when uncharted <laughs> or an infamous when infamous one or two came around or yeah second son two where it's just like well i gotta get this i love what's happening i love this world i love this game i want to go do it but for me the opposite happened with first light where it was like Awesome, played through, and then those challenge rooms. I just don't like challenge rooms, so I just didn't want to do it. So I never did it. And the, the the most painful thing though is the lost opportunities with trophies. Where Mega Man Legacy Collection is a great mm. example. Where I'm like, what are you guys thinking? Like, like I don't understand. At, at the very worst, I thought you'd have a platinum for all six games, like a platinum overlap with all six of them yeah. under the umbrella, and at best, six platinum trophies. Which, if you actually just tried, you probably could have done. Right. You know? And instead, you get just. 12 trophies for six games it's like i i just get so annoyed sometimes where i'm like what are you guys doing what do you can you possibly be thinking about with like is no one telling you that's this? what it is this is the whole argument we come back to and where like it starts as a joke and now we're actually doing it the trophy consulting kind of thing is the fact of like a great example is yesterday i'm like i want to play a lego game and i looked at lego dimensions and i was like well no i want i love the completion aspect and getting a platinum trophy for these lego games and dimensions now with all their dlc packs only have like th- what is it three bronzes and a silver and it's like i know that that's not tt games saying this is what we want to do i'm sure it's playstation saying this is what you have to do and no one being the wiser between them to say no no fuck that that it doesn't have to be that way there must be a way to make this better and do this differently what can we do how do we work this out and someone who wants to push and push and push like we always say like if there was a trophy department at playstation or if there was a developer who's one person all they care about is trophies that they could lean on them and we're trying to fix it in our own small way with the the games we're we're working with right now but i will say uh that it is weird seeing the kind like how that kind of turns me off from playing some things. Although I didn't like that shovel, that first shovel knight expansion. It had one trophy, mm. and I just I'm like, well, I don't know. I just don't understand. Like you would think Sony would push harder just simply because games would sell better. They they would just absolutely. Um, but there are certain rules with trophies too. We can we can get into that in a later time. We don't have to keep. But the rules, even those, they're so the rules that PlayStation has established 
get pushed around all the time. And it's one of those, if you aren't looking at the trophy list and playing all these different trophies and caring about it, you don't know that. You're a developer, they say this, you say, all right, that's how it's got to be. You can't sit there and like, wait, wait, wait. What about these three games? Why did these three games get this? Why well, Gone Home can't have a platinum, but uh, My Name is Mayo does or whatever? Like, what the <laughs> fuck? No, there's something going on here. That Mayo fishy. thing, I can't believe that that game is a platinum trophy. Like, that's just the example now of being like, like if I was at a developer and be like, no, you can't have a platinum, I'd be like, yeah, they, no, I'm getting a platinum. No, I'm, we're going to get one, thanks. <sighs> that was a great, I want to end there. That was, a good, that was a good one. You got to get ready for your interview too. Colin, are you ready to meet your best friend? Yes. Uh, P.S. I love this best friend XOXO is a segment driven by you, the community. This is where one of you goes to kindoffunny.com slash forums, puts down your PSN name and a little message on why you need PSN friends and or goodwill. Then the rest of the best friends, they send friend requests to that best friend. They say, hey, PSN friend, let's be friends. You get a message and we love you very much. Today's PSN best friend of the week is Jonathan. His PSN name is Plumber Acting Up. Plumber acting up. He says, Oi! Greetings and salutations from Hampshire, <laughs> Jesus UK. Jesus Christ. A real place. Long time, first time. I've been following you guys since beyond. Not sure the episode number. But this is my first time posting with the other best friends. I've listened to every single episode of the Kind of Funny Games cast. And P.S. I love you, XOXO. Thank you very much, Plumber acting up. I've been a gamer since the Atari 2600, then a Sega Nintendo kid, before really finding my home on PlayStation. When I got a PlayStation 4 in 2013, I took the slightly drastic choice of creating a new PSN account. Parentheses. For goodness sake, let us change our names. This was so that I could A, change my name, B, start a clean slate with trophies and my online presence, hence my seemingly paltry trophy score in history of games. As with many people, I'm trying to fit my hobby in with life commitments. For me, that includes helping to care for someone with young onset dementia and a brother with additional learning needs, so I don't get to play as often as I would like. None of my other friends or family really play games either. I'd love to meet some best friends online and chat with people about our shared passion and those interactions would definitely help me with what can be a stressful life sometimes. Would love to get a shout out on the show, of, t- of course, too. Best of luck with everything you do. You guys are awesome. Tim and Kevin, too. Fuck you, Nick. And your success is well-deserved. Jonathan, PSN name, plumber acting up. Everybody, send your friend requests and good wishes to plumber acting up. Make some good friends, play some games, and talk about them with Jonathan. Colin, Mm. this week's Forgotten PlayStation game comes from Ray Briggs 2, and you mentioned it earlier in the show. Hey, Colin and Greg. Let me make it quick. I have a forgotten PlayStation game suggestion, and it's Puppeteer by Studio Japan. The game, visuals, unique story, voice acting, and replayability added up to a wonderful 20-plus hour playthrough of this game on my beloved PS3. The game simply oozes charm, and I love the unique idea of replaying levels with different heads to unlock different routes to complete the game. IGN criminally underrated it at an 8.5. Rumor is they fired that reviewer, and he had to shack up with some fat nobody, and they were forced to start some 2-bit YouTube channel that is, at best, only kind of funny. I know there won't ever be a sequel, but I'd love to see that game get one. Thanks for everything you do. Ray Briggs 2, Lord XR. The funny thing about that game is that when I went to Japan Studio the second time, uh, a girl that I had never met and never seen again before since came up to me and thanked me uh, in perfect English uh, for supporting that game and talking about it when no one else would. Yeah. And I'm glad that, and I did, and they, I, Sony focused heavily on me because I, I loved it so much. And I, I wrote quite a bit about it, but it really is a fantastic game. If you can, really if you still game. have your PS3 hooked up and uh, access to, uh, to, 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 to the, um, you don't need the move ones for it, but it was better with though, right? 
No, okay. I don't think so. I don't remember. You could use it with move, yeah. but it's it's not it's not like sorcery or something like that where you have to have them. Um, you should go dig that game up. I I think it's really really special and and it's sad that you know no one played it. Yeah, I mean that game. I mean if that game sold fifty thousand copies, I think that that would be probably probably right. PSN's worst name of the week comes from Tiz Levi. Of course, you can't change your network name on PlayStation, so every week we read a bad PlayStation network name from you or about your friends, and we beg Shuhei to let us change. Tiz Levi says, My worst name is a story of what almost was and what would ultimately be the end of an era. Me and my friends were all big Xbox 360 gamers, and a few of us were known for having some pretty disgusting names. One so much that he was required to change it nine times. We had a lot of laughs with others' reactions, but when the PlayStation 4 came out, I had a decision to make. Keep this filth train rolling or grow up. My friends had stuck with Xbox, so I was on my own this generation, and after finding out my name changes weren't possible, I made the right decision. So the sun set on the glory days of me and my friends. Raunchy foreskin, that's R-O-N-C-H-Y, the numeral four, skin. Raunchy butthole, spelled that way, and myself, Shebush. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Tiz Levi signing off. Those were good ones. Yeah. I, and that, but he made the right choice, but it's sad that he had to because mm-hmm. he could have had Ben Shebush on the PSN and then changed it multiple times. Shuhei, you could be getting $15, $20 a pop every time it was changing. I, I don't know what you had. I really have no idea what Sony's thinking. It's it's like totally insane. I, but it's I really feel like it's coming with the with the little hints we've been getting the last year or so. I feel like we've been getting the hints even longer than that, though. But we've gotten concrete hints from conference calls we've gotten press we've, we've gotten, gotten we've gotten internal presentations we've gotten powerpoint presentations that mention it uh, where the fuck is it then we and we and now the patch notes for certain engines are talking about sure. how they're they're talking about identifying usernames differently just so it's, it it's definitely in the works i mean well uh, how, what the fuck do i know it, it seems like it's definitely in the works <laughs> <laughs> raunchy foreskin, raunchy butthole, and she bush were brought to you by Blue Apron. <laughs> Did you know, Colin? I've used Blue Apron and cooked with it. I did know that. They yes. send you all the prepackaged ingredients there, along with a little instruction manual. You sit, and I'm talking about like literally. They're like, you know, you need two teaspoons of salt, and there's a little bag that says salt on it, and then you use it whenever it says to on your little instructions, and you make delicious meals. I made a bunch of buffalo chicken sandwiches back in the day. I also learned how to make French fries the way they they make them there, and the way they did them. Because not like I didn't want to bring out the fryer. I don't do all this stuff. They did like the potato wedge French fries, kind of like you'd get at a KFC. You know what I mean? But how I could bake them. Real good. Remember when we got into an argument because you wanted to deep fry a turkey in the house, and I was telling you my dad, the FD, the New York mm-hmm. City firefighter, told me not to do that. That yeah. he put out literally twenty fires in New and York City. Do you City remember when I said this whole exploding. fucking purpose of this turkey fryer is that it's made to be used at home? The whole infomercial you didn't watch was about how they don't want you to burn down your house. And we got a big fight, and I cooked the turkey in there. It was delicious. <laughs> was the turkey good? Uh, it was so long. I can't remember what I even ate last night for dinner. So. That was when I, I looked at photos about that. It was when we we made a, we did Thanksgiving at the house, and then we did a podcast beyond with Goldfarb right afterwards. Mm. But the turkey was delicious. Anyways, that's though, when we had passion. That was when we had a passion project for turkey. Now you can go to Blue Apron. Do all the stuff there. Uh, cooking together builds strong family bonds. Research, research shows that Blue Apron families cook nearly three times more often. Also, it's a good way to save money. Those who spend a lot of restaurants or at high-end grocery chains now spend under $10 per person for a delicious meal. Upcoming Blue Apron meals. Spicy shrimp and Korean rice cakes with cabbage for, and faraki. I don't know what the hell that is. Pork chops and garlic piccata. I don't know what that is. <laughs> with ri- scallion rice and spinach. That's the whole thing, though, is they teach you how to... Spinach? What is this word? Spinach? 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 <laughs> uh, it's the, you, you start doing it, you learn different things. I like cooking a lot, obviously, and Blue Apron helped uh, kickstart that in terms of, here's a bunch of stuff you never would. So, 
if you need to do it and you want to do it. It's affordable. You get a variety and it's flexible because you get to go pick what you want. Uh, check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash I love you. You will love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron. So don't wait. That's blueapron.com slash I love you. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been PSI Love You XOXO, episode 69. Thank you so much for joining us. Remember, PSI Love You XOXO is kindoffunny.com's PlayStation podcast. It is the number one PlayStation podcast on the internet, and it posts every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific time on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, and then somewhere around that time on podcast services around the globe. But sometimes you have to tweet me and say hey the mb3 isn't up and i'll go all right soundcloud kind of sucks and i can't automate it so i'll do it for my phone here in this uber and i do it and then i thank you because why where would it be without you subscribe to all the channels do all the things every episode of psi love you xoxo ends in a song in a segment we call singing a shoe hey this is where one of you talented motherfuckers goes to kindoffunny.com slash psm the m is for music and you give me an mp3 of your song that i can download without paying for it you fucking cheapskates and a youtube video I will then take the YouTube video, annotate to it at the end of our YouTube video, take your MP3 and play at the end of our MP3. Now, Colin, last week, Kind of Funny celebrated its two-year anniversary, and we published Kind of Funny Live 2 on the Patreon pages. You can go there. You can watch it. The rest of you who don't want to pay, no big deal. It'll be up in February. However, on that episode of Kind of Funny Live 2, you rap with the one and only Mega Ram. Mega Rand submitted a song today. Mega Rand says, Happy New Year. After a long and crazy year, all I can say is thank God we had video games. As usual, I hop in the studio to wrap it up the best way I know how. Was 2016 a great year for gaming? Did I forget your favorite? Let me know. May 2017 be epic. So this is Mega Rand's yearly rap about the year in gaming. That's great. So here he says, this, the beaten mix is by Kay Murdoch. Uh, we're going to play it here. You can, of course, just go to twitter.com slash Mega Rand. Find him all over the place. Go download it there. Buy things. And until next time, no. Happy New Year. It's been our pleasure to serve you. You know how we do about this time. Make it rare. K. Murdoch. May all your troubles last as long as your New Year's resolutions. And yeah. 2016 was the year to remember. Some new hardware dropped and plenty new contenders. And no one exactly ran away with the crown. So without further ado, yo, let's break this down. Nintendo had a year that was strange to predict. Stop producing we use and announce the switch the biggest releases weren't even games that i would get played one level of mario on the ios sony announced 50 million ps4 sold xbox one sales are about half oculus and vibe hit the market this year and the verdict's still out on it vr is trash disney quit software which was pretty sad because the disney infinite games actually are kind of rad mighty number nine finally hit the stores developers didn't step it up and neither did the scores Fans wanted Mega Man, but they didn't listen But I did the ending credits theme, so all is forgiven Overall, games were still intense But I noticed the increase of use of quick time events Simpelitis is common, as usual, quite expected We got new Titan Falls, Dishonored, Diggers X's Street Fighter 5 dropped, and I had to say Congratulations to Capcom for selling half a game Quite a hustle if you can manage to pull it off And they did, cause I bought it, it's not bad at all A lot of disappointment, but one game I know was hot Blizzard's dope shooter, that would be Overwatch Great graphics and super smooth controls With huge right characters and fun game modes Great team mechanics you can pick up and go Bastion's kinda OP and Roadhog's really slow But I'm a mercy, so I can support the team But I get my kills too, her pistol is pretty mean But your solo plays a nightmare, I'm looking for a group Really?
Well, let me get back to this. Fuck the game in the year would be no man's sky. It promised a whole lot of cool things, but bro man lied. Took it back in two days, please don't ask why. Hello Games made some updates, but man, it's too late. Stardew Valley has some great balance. Salt and Sanctuary, Hyper Light Drift, they were quite a challenge. Final Fantasy 15 shut down the haters, or as I like to call it, Boy Band Simulator. But really, I enjoyed it. I thought the hype was justified. Anybody on the fence, I say it's worth a try. Pokemon Go was a certified hit, took the world by storm. Then Pokemon went, but that short burst would pay dividends soon. On the November release of Pokemon Sun and Moon, Mafia 3 had some wonky controls, but great story. You're killing racists, downright gold. Watch Dogs 2, inspiration was iffy. The lead character looked familiar. Hmm, Richie? I love the fact that the lead cat was black and those scores all the things made the soundtrack yo uncharted 4 was like watching the movie star wars battlefront looked great but was booty kids downloaded every cod trailer and everybody swore the new game would be a failure but lo and behold infinite warfare activision nate luke didn't sweat it or care i like battlefield 1 but online was a mess to me and i can't front i'm still playing destiny and as for me, you know I played a lot of shows Like the UK, Scotland, Paris, and Tokyo Released a mixtape, huh? stayed out of prison And my podcast got its 10,000th listen I met Aisha Tyler, I made a couple rounds Made a lot of friends, even dropped a couple pounds Working on the next album, making sure it's fire I might be getting older, but not ready to retire Presently, brands stay ready to rock steadily And if it isn't bringing you up, you gotta let it be I pray that your endeavors forever be heavenly Peace out, kids. Here's the 2017. I'm gone. God damn it, boy, can sing. Neo.